This is the Defence Minister, Moshe Yalom, uh, talking just a couple of weeks ago. Israel is going to hurt Lebanese civilians, to include kids of the family. We went through a very long discussion. We did it then. We did it in the Gaza Strip. We are going to do it in any round of hostilities in the future. That's the Defence Minister. Uh, this is the uh, uh, Military Chief of Staff, Benny Gantz. The next round of violence will be worse and see this suffering increase. He headed up the military assaults uh, on Gaza, the last uh, two. This is the Minister for Education in the Netanyahu government. There will never be a peace plan with the Palestinians. I will do everything in my power to make sure they never get a state. He also said, if you catch terrorists, you simply have to kill them. I've killed a lot of Arabs in my life, and there's no problem with that. Uh, this is the Minister for Justice. Palestinians are all enemy combatants. This also includes the, mother, the mothers of the martyrs. They should follow their sons. Nothing would be more just. They should go, as should the physical homes in which they, are, which they raised the snakes. Otherwise, more little snakes will be raised there. That's the Israeli Minister for Justice in the last few months. The Israeli Minister for, uh, Deputy Minister for Defense. Palestinians are beasts. They are not human. Uh, the Minister for Foreign Affairs, C.P. Hotley, this is the last one. My position is that between the sea and the Jordan River, there needs to be one state only, the State of Israel. There is no place for any agreement of any kind that discusses the concession of Israeli sovereignty over lands conquered in 1967. Now, these are the official statements of several ministers of the current government of Israel. In one case, actually advocating genocide of all Palestinians, including children, and calling them snakes. Now, can I ask you, Taoiseach, uh, do you not think that if we're defining terrorism, that is the language and thinking of terrorists? That it is absolutely unacceptable in civilized politics, in civilized international relations, for the heads of government of a state that we carry on normal relations with and who you met in Paris to advocate those sort of views when we know they have also led on to the deaths of thousands of Palestinians, uh, innocent men, women and children. What have you... Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Friday, October 13th, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. As somebody says in the chat, we've definitely been on a roll. I think you've noticed this, at least I perceive this to be a very important topic. I mean, obviously, this is a very important focus because, yes, again, today we are going to be focusing 99% of the show on what's going on in occupied Palestine. And I, as I said before, for those that may have missed it, I definitely think that this is something worth focusing on. Now, I want to point out that when, when the COVID-19 illusion began, and, you know, maybe a few weeks even into it, you know, a few weeks of steady coverage, 
because that kind of did the same thing when that started. It kind of took over our entire direction. There's a lot of people, including people in our audience, and they meant it with the best of intentions going, hey, you know, maybe you should stand back and focus on other things for a minute. It looks like you're kind of losing. And, you know, maybe they were right. And I considered that. But I think what's important to realize is that as that went forward, other people, they then became, they saw what I saw which is that this is bigger than just the story we're being told at the moment. And I think the same thing about this. And I not not for some even surreptitious reason. I mean, I do think that. There's a lot of things we can get into around the peripheral of the story that are much bigger than just the immediate conflict. But just for that reason alone, the conflict that's going on, it's important because of its connections to almost every other foreign entity and conflict and and agenda. I mean, it's it's almost incredible to see how this connects with so many different things. Not literally everything, but a lot. And even all of that aside, the sheer amount of human suffering that is taking place right now, and very clearly on one side more than the other, and that's not even up for debate anymore. We need to acknowledge that that's happening, and we need to make sure that we do our best to help people who are suffering. I mean, that's all we really, truly care about in this field, from my perspective, is, as I said many times, giving a voice to the voiceless, standing up for those that don't have the ability or the wherewithal or the resources to do for themselves. And that applies to civilians on Israeli side or civilians on in, in Palestine or civilians in Iran or civilians in Afghanistan or Venezuela or Bolivia or anywhere else. They want to tell you, the we care about civilians except those bad guys over there. We pretend that they're all the same thing when we want to dehumanize the people that we're trying to take out. We're going to talk today about the mass displacement. No, no, not 1948, not, not the time after that or the time after that. But yet again, that's about to happen in Palestine or this being forced to happen already. Mass displacement. I mean, these are massive war crimes we're watching in real time. All of the two million plus people, over a million children, half, mostly civilians in this location are now being forced or threatened, in, 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 which is really what's happening, that, that they have to leave. Now, let's realize as much as people are trying to frame this as trying to help the civilians, there's already been ongoing bombing, mat, indiscriminate, corner-to-corner kind of stuff. And I don't mean that literally in the sense that they're every single area. My point, though, is that residential areas where they are bombing across the entire area, taking out entire neighborhoods, it's, it's the United Nations has made this clear. So, And it's not that we blindly trust the United Nations. The point is that it's clear that it's happening before they then say, oh, give you 24 hours to get out, so we're doing this to keep people safe. You already know that there's been more than 11 United Nations members that have been killed, 30 plus pupils in their schools that have been killed, all due to Israeli bombings. We know that there is reportedly now up to 13 Israeli hostages that have been killed due to their bombing. And one interesting point I'm going to get into today is how frustrating it is to me that there's only one tally being taken right now of how many American citizens are being hurt. And it's only on one side of this argument despite the fact that it seems that very few Americans, let alone our government, care about the over 400 American citizens that are currently in Gaza. Interesting how the American citizen conversation only matters when you're on a certain side of the argument, even though they're all American citizens. But you won't be surprised to find out that we're talking about dual Israeli-American citizens versus dual Gaza-Palestinian American citizens. And interesting how, I mean, I'm sure you can work out which part makes them no longer important to the U.S. government. That's incredible to me. We're going to go through a lot of information today, and it's not going to be, I mean, it's hard not to talk about atrocities in the conversation we're having. 
But I think what I'm importantly going to talk about more so today is not necessarily the explicit atrocities, and there are some of them though, but more so just how what's going on is atrocious and how what we can see just generally in the actions being taken, not even necessarily the fallout of those actions, but that's part of it, but just the actions alone are despicable. And again, we can, and it's, it's not we can, we should, and it's important to include what happened in Israel. But my point is, as this continues to, and this is not going to stop, guys, as it goes forward, it is very, very clear that this is aggressively slanted towards, and, we're, and talking about civilians here, what's going on to people in Gaza. And it's just an onslaught that's just continuing to happen. Schools and hospitals and journalists, and that's one of the points of today. A Reuters journalist was just killed, and guess what? It wasn't even in Gaza. It was in Lebanon, as Israel continues to bomb Lebanon today, or begin, I mean, it's been going on, but as a lot of people are hearing, they began bombing Lebanon today. Another place where Israel's illegally occupying parts of Lebanon. And another group that's not a terrorist organization that is has a huge support for the people, Hezbollah, which they're also calling a terrorist organization, just to continue to dehumanize the groups that they want you to think are not on your side. Despite the fact that most of these groups largely fight for independence, whether or not they may have a misplaced hate towards certain groups of people, which is understandable throughout history when you realize who's being oppressed and who's being manipulated because of those things. Understandable, but not condoned. If you understand how long I've been doing this and saying the same thing, that I never condone those kind of things, despite people trying to make that the case. So as I said the other day, and I did keep it under five hours, I'm going to do my best to keep this under two hours today because I think it's important more and more that people can see this stuff. It's just so much to talk about. It's very hard not to take time to go over it. And it's very hard for me not to, as much as I go fast in most of what I do, to feel like I'm skimming or going fast over such important topics. So there's a lot to get into. And even then, just what I opened with doesn't even begin to touch on the conversations we're going to have today and how much we're going to go over and the different things that are happening to lots of different civilians. It really does make me upset. But we're going to start today with something that's especially important, something that I think is probably one of the most important things happening right now that most people are missing. Turns out Bigfoot's real. (laughs) Obviously, I'm kidding. But I think it's funny that these things are coming out right now. And this is just a ridiculous video, I think, that's spreading. And by the way, Chief Nerd just shares this like they share a million different things. I like a lot most of the work that Chief Nerd does, a lot of good information around COVID and so on. But just point says on Sunday, October 8th, the couple took this video, which went viral during their train ride in Colorado. They're saying it's Bigfoot, and it looks like a Bigfoot type seen a thousand different times over the years, which you know, not even to get into the conversation, this person simply goes, Oh, it's a hunter in a camo suit, which was probably all it really is. But what's interesting to me is that this is actually something that's going viral. As all of this is going on, this kind of thing is being pushed into the discussion. And I, you know, something tells me things like that rarely are by accident. Because there, I'll tell you right now, guys, is an overwhelming amount of information coming out of Occupied Palestine showing you some of the most egregious war crimes I've ever been, I've ever covered in real time. And that's one of the reasons we're going to get into today. Not only have they shut off the electricity already, now they're going, you know what? We're just going to cut off the internet. <laughs> and I, I can tell you why, because they're finding ways to get stuff out of what's going on in the ground. And it's not just about hurting Hamas. It's about stopping you from seeing what's actually going on. But actually some stuff I wanted to share before we get into the starting, the, the main conversation today of, of, of Palestine is a couple of points that I think are important, just in case you forgot that 
there are a lot of other things going on. First of which, David, Dr. David Cartland shared something I thought was very important. And this is the kind of work that we were doing, you know, in, in a similar way that when we would cover things and call, uh, you know, talk to the Walgreens people and ask them what the what their pharmacist thought or rather the uh, yeah, their pharmacist thought about the injections or what they thought they knew and then contrast that with the reality. And it's shocking to see that the people that are supposedly getting informed consent haven't, don't even barely understand what's going on or calling people like Clean Harbors in regard to East Palestine and finding out that they literally don't have the ability to take care of what we can prove is in that toxic soil and burning it and they're burying it and just putting it into the atmosphere. And they all knew that I could prove the EPA knew that I can prove the location knew that they didn't have the ability to take care of it. Nobody cared. My point is that's the kind of work is important to actually do the due diligence, which arguably I will tell you more and what I more do than anything is aggregating information that I think is important. But those that are out there that truly do that work day in and day out, like hunting down the stories, that's true investigative journalism. And I think that's important. People like Vanessa Bealey, for example. That's what I think this is. That's what he did here. He said, I gathered all vaccine ingredients into a list and contacted poison control. After intros and such and asked to speak with someone tenured with knowledge, this is the gist of the conversation. It says me. And my question to you, after the, basically taking the, the, the public information you have about these injections that we're talking about, and uh, this, by the way, is, um, links you can check out for yourself on the site themselves, just in case you want to dispute what he's talking about is inside these things, which shouldn't blow your mind. He says, my question to you on the phone with the poison control people is how are these ingredients categorized as benign or poison? It says I ran a few ingredients from aldehyde, tween 80, mercury, aluminum, and so on. And we're by the way, talking about just not just COVID in general, but injections that that we give our children or some people choose to give their children. It says, well, that's quite a list. The control, poison control people said, but I'd have to easily say that they're all toxic to humans used in fertilizers, pesticides to stop the heart, to preserve a body. They're registered with us in different categories, but pretty much poison. Why? He goes on to say, if I were deliberately to feed or inject my child with these ingredients, often as maybe a schedule, obviously I'd put my daughter in harm's way, but what would legally happen to me? Person responds, odd question, but you'd likely be charged with criminal negligence, perhaps with the intent to kill. And of course, child abuse, your child would be taken away from you. Do you know of someone who's doing this to their child if that's criminal? He says, me, he says, in industry, that's the ingredients used in vaccines with binding agents to make sure the body won't flush these out to keep the antibody levels up indefinitely. The man beside himself, he asked if he would email him all of this information. He wanted to share it with his adult kids who are parents. He was horrified and felt awful and didn't know his kids are vaccinated and they have health issues. I just think that's incredibly interesting. And this, the point that's being made here, when you put these things in one big thing, and then pretend to test them in some, some trials that I think we're proving are wildly manipulated, at the very least in COVID-19, but we really need to stand back. They go, hey, it's all safe and effective. Everything works fine, right? Oh, weird, all these random side effects that we don't even understand, but here, we'll give you things to treat that too. The point is when you separate them out and look at them individually, and I've done this so many times with, like we just did with pesticides they're using, and you go, look at these, look at the core ingredient. Just because they claim they say this is safe, when you look at the actual ingredient being used, it's horribly dangerous. Same thing here. And if you break them down individually, they're going, that, that, that's dangerous, that's dangerous, that's dangerous. But you put them together, it's safe and effective. Guys, we're in a really bad way for the people that still believe that we're not being lied to. And I think that's really important. The expose came out with another important follow-up because this is something that we've been following for a very long time, since 2021 and before. 
October 13th, died suddenly reports in no, men, no way meant to connect to the ridiculous account called died suddenly that I think has no cre- credibility in this field. Died suddenly reports have increased, meaning people that just died randomly. We don't know why. 82%. 82% and 1400 athletes have died since the rollout of the injections. Now, of course, people freak out when they hear these things, probably less right now because they're distracted with another topic they're told to focus on. But also, or but but the interesting point is that it's not saying because of the injection. That's what I've been trying to show people is literally this is just a problem. If you want to deny that it's the obvious gene therapy that's continued to experiment on people and we're already continuing to find out that it is actually very dangerous then why don't we ask what is actually increasing people randomly dying by 82% or that 1,400 athletes have randomly died at their peak health when nobody can explain it? They just go, no, not the vaccine. Let's move forward safe and effective, right? The problem is that this is very, very, very clear. And this will come out. I, I believe that. Now, if you want to know more about this, and they, they, they always do a good job with all their source material, so check it out for yourself. We've been covering this for a very long time on The Last American Vagabond. This is from 2021. Children, athletes are collapsing and dying from sudden cardiac arrest at unprecedented levels. Yet again, as I've always said, guys, my work speaks for itself. Go back and look at the stuff we were covering in 2020 and realize that most of it has verbatim come true. And it wasn't us giving grandiose claims we couldn't back up. That was us doing our work and talking to experts and doing the due diligence and going, wow, that's interesting. This, This looks like it could lead to this. Maybe this looks like it could cause myocarditis, like a lot of us were saying, and we got our channels deleted, and now we're clearly dealing with that. The point is, it was clear here, very clear that you could see this was happening. And in a general, you can just, I'll just put the search for collapsing athletes on the website because we've covered it quite a bit. But it's a very real thing. And the point is, obviously, there's a problem using the multiple peer-reviewed studies. But the one was a FIFA, I think a six-year study. There was an NIH 10-year study, both of which proved that the numbers we saw just in 2021 were exponentially more than we've ever seen in any year, let alone a five-year period. And yet nobody cared. They said you were crazy. And I'm not saying because vaccines. I do think that, but I'm saying because why? How did we have five times the amount of athletes, just athletes, not even getting into children, collapse in one year and nobody cares? While you're giving them an experimental thing that we're, I mean, you guys get the point. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's obscene. Last point, and again, we will get back to a lot of this stuff. But again, like I said, this topic today is important. And I hope we don't lose sight of what's really going on to all these innocent people. But this is Solis points out. So everybody just forgot about more than 2,000 missing deceased children from Maui. Now, again, Israel's the new thing, he said. But wait, all of a sudden, there are fact checkers popping up saying that there are barely any children missing or deceased. This is really interesting to me because as far as I can tell from people like Shelby and other people can, you know, that are, that's home to them. I have not heard any follow-up on the app, the amount of children that were unregistered in school. There's a, there's kind of a, just like we're seeing with the Israeli conversation today, there's these broad narratives like, well, if they bomb it, then Hamas is there. Well, you don't know that you're saying that because that's the talking point. It's supposed to alleviate any kind of issue. Same point here. I've heard broad claims about, well, they just moved or did something else. And I'm like, well, let's probably prove that when we're worried about 2,000 children that might not be there or follow-ups over 1,000. And it's being disputed. And you should question everything, including whether that may be some kind of a false conspiracy theory. And I don't mean that in a negative way. My point is 2,000 children after this. The numbers have been whittled down in different reasons, but we know for sure that there's a lot, hundreds, that have unregi- have not registered since they reopened the schools. And I didn't seem the government cares. This is what you saw first. More than 2,000 children 
you know, unregistered, essentially. This is from The Hill. Many children, likely among 850 people still missing. Now, this is what we're getting. Fact checks. They go, no, there's no one missing. Not really following up with, no, we found them. Just going, no, that's not true. There's nobody missing. Isn't that strange? I agree. That's strange. And he's good. it's a good point to catch this while right now these things are slipping around the sides. Usually how that works. So keep that in mind. So let's get into the main topic of today. And I want to start with one point that I thought was interesting, which is that 30 seconds ago, whether, even before that, you can go back even before a COVID delusion started, but 30 seconds ago, I was a right-wing Nazi or a white supremacist or whatever it is. And like I said before that, I was a left-wing snowflake or whatever they were calling me then. The point is, it's always hilarious how both paradigm sides, which we should all agree are ridiculous because they're stuck in an illusion, which circumvents their logic, that they grapple between trying to find a place for me. And depending on which topic we're talking about, suddenly I jump back and forth. Today, apparently now I'm a left-wing Nazi. Because <laughs> that makes perfect sense, right? So before it was all oh, Nazis are the right-wing right white supremacist guys. But now, oh my gosh, now they're grappling with trying to kind of fit this in with their paradigm. So they go, oh, wait a minute. Now we've got left-wing people who are on the other side of what Israel's saying, so they must be Nazis, right? So now we've got left-wing Nazis. So they just kind of shoved me over to the left side now. Now I'm a left-wing Nazi because I'm saying, the point is, we're being objective. And we're covering information the way we think is honest. And they just juggle me back and forth because they can't figure out a place to put me. Because it shows that, how do you not see what an illusion that shows around the two-party paradigm? If the, the main groups can't place most people like us when all we're really doing is just being honest. The point is that shows you that the opinions we have kind of jump back and forth, which means we're on neither side of an illusory, childish paradigm that makes you ignore your own logic. Now, I think that's interesting. And I promise you, once this new, some next story comes along, it's probably going to kick me back to the other side. Interesting, though, isn't it? I just think that's always something to point out. So let's start with a great tweet that um, Majid Nawaz pointed out, or an idea he tweeted. I think this is important. I mean, I myself have been showing some things that I thought were graphic, but as you saw, many of which I even, even live decided even not to show many of which I didn't even bring in the lineup because I'm like, there's no real benefit to just being graphic and just showing you disgusting things, which in, in most cases, it's hard to verify we, in the context of what's actually going on. The ones that I do believe we can verify are the ones that I'm showing you. But what we're realizing, what we're seeing, and somebody made this point the other day that 90% of the stuff they're posting right now about this, or this is the number somebody, however much you think is happening, are, are what we used to call snuff films, right? Like graphically disgusting horror things that people are posting on Twitter that are just, it's amazing how this is changing how people see things. It's disgusting. So he puts up this image that says dead kid battle. One side says, this dead kid proves my point, where he's holding up a dead kid. The other one says, oh, yeah? Well, this dead kid proves my point. I mean, my God, we need to be able to stand back in the midst of the nonsense, the, and I mean that in the sense from the political side. They're just yelling what they want you to think when typically there's something in the middle. And we all see this happening. What we need to see is, which is what I've been saying from the very beginning, or anybody honest for that matter, is that there are people being hurt on both sides of this. And that has to matter equally. It doesn't matter how outraged you are about what you think happened or what actually happened. The civilians, and right, here's a point that might make some people upset, whether or not they support the group that you think is a terrorist, they're civilians, guys. You don't just get to 
push somebody out of international law because you don't like their opinions. That's about as stupid as our government telling you that you aren't allowed to do all sorts of things because they don't like your opinion about a certain topic or that you think the election was manipulated. Oh, no, now you're a Russian terrorist. Why can't we see the connection? Because people don't want to. People are invested in a paradigm in a political side. The point is, there are people being hurt everywhere. Yeah, and, I, and because just because I'm willing to honestly and objectively point out that it's a very slanted point at this point, that we at this point in time, we have a lot of people in Gaza right now that are being, I mean, we don't even know the, the beginning of how many people are being killed. There's estimates, but we're talking about entire residential areas that have been brought to rubble. So we're still digging people out. Very different. It's, the numbers are gigantically slanted at this point. And even then, as I pointed out, we've heard a lot of numbers from the Israeli side and, and minimal evidence to prove how many people are being killed. And it's not that I demand to see every dead body. The point is we have numbers coming from people who have already proven themselves to be liars. I will go through some of those points today. At the very least, people on either side of some kind of a war situation tend to embellish what they're telling you. So we should question all of it. I'm not taking what Hamas is saying at face value either, because that would be stupid. What I'm saying is we can visually see an alarming, a lot, alarming amount more on one side than the other. But regardless of that, one person, civilian being killed on either side matters. No matter what they look like, what their ethnicity is, or where they come from, or whatever propaganda paradigm narrative is spun up around them. Like, do you really think because a child that was born in a certain location who believes ISIS is something he thought was a good thing or whatever he thinks, that child should still be killed? Or treated any differently because they believe something that you disagree with? Like That's probably going to challenge people's perspective right now. They want to believe, well, you're not allowed. But that's because our government has rationalized what they're doing right now, but in a many different ways before this, Syria and elsewhere, that if you think something to assert, like it, the point is they make it an extreme point, right? If they, they first dehumanize certain people and they say, well, if you're all the way over there, well, you just don't count anymore. And they act accordingly. And then you got people in the political spectrum that feel that way. They suddenly feel that, well, if you're over there in that bad guy country, we don't care about your life anymore because you're a bad guy. Dehumanize the whole country. Right? That child that was born yesterday, they're, they're now a terrorist? Well, yeah, that's the game that's being played. The same thing people like Loomer would tell you about all of Palestine. They're all terrorists. That child born today, that's a terrorist already. He knows. Oh, is it? What kind of ignorant people are we listening to? So he says... Both sides of the online propaganda war are now literally competing over which side kills more babies, replete with posting as many mutilated baby photos as possible. <laughs> kind of proving our point. The only winning move is not to play, right? Refusing to pick a side, or rather, in my opinion, not engaging with any government, right? Because it's very important to understand that there's a big difference between a government, military, nuclear power, and a resistance force, in my opinion. And I'm talking about Palestinians, not necessarily Hamas. Because that's my biggest point. I've gone over how Israel and the United States created Hamas. It's the Wall Street Journal's written about it. It's not a secret, even though people online don't want to talk about it because it makes them uncomfortable right now. But that's true. So there's a whole dynamic here, largely right now coming from Israeli civilians who believe that this might have been something that was allowed to happen. And that would then overlap with the idea that Hamas is part of what Netanyahu has propped up. The, the Times of Israel just put an article out saying that, that Netanyahu's propped up Hamas and they're upset with him. It's weird how that doesn't drift into the conversation over here. The reason for that. But what's important to realize is that the resistance of Palestine and fighting for their independence is very different than what in Hamas may have done wholesale or what some people within that Hamas element have done in Israel. 
And we have to be able to differentiate those two things. If we get to it today, there's a video from The Hill that I think is a very important thing to go through. The dynamic. Ryan on that show loses his mind. I've never seen him get that upset. Cusses and everything. Because the woman on the other side was literally pointing out the objective truth. That this is an occupied territory. These people have a right to resistance. That's in no way saying we're okay with killing civilians. But they want to conflate those two things. And it becomes a real problem when people start to get uncomfortable about the fact that they feel like they're wrong or that they feel like somehow they're morally right and don't have an argument, so they yell. And we've seen it a lot. But this is the idea, refusing to pick a side in the context of who kills more, or rather who, what civilians being killed are, are in, how to frame that right, to pick between two sides that are both killing civilians. It's stupid. Now, we just talked about this. Yesterday, killed in Gaza by Israeli bombing, 140 kids per the BBC, the United Nations. It's more than that, by the way. It's way more than that. We're seeing reports go up right now. But realize the same people that we're telling you are supposed to blindly trust the corporate media and other contexts are now acting like we're not allowed to trust this number. But I'm not trusting any of it. I'm simply telling you what's being reported. And the United Nations and corporate media is typically something they'll blindly tell you is absolute fact in reverse. So we should realize that there are children that are being killed a hell of a lot more in Gaza right now. And that's why we see, we're seeing these narratives spin around about all sorts of unverified stories, which we'll get into again today, about 40 babies, heads cut off, and all sorts of things that are happening. And certainly, if it happened, it's something that I think is absolutely possible. But we should absolutely prove and verify everything we're talking about today, especially during war. And they know that, too. They're emotionally charged. And my, my point from before, I think it's because they sense that there's something wrong. There's also been 11 UN staff members. It's amazing. I mean, absolutely ground flooring that, that you have. Where's the corporate media? 11 members of the United Nations and nobody talks about that. I think that's unbelievable. I had that tweet up again. I'll show you directly from the United Nations. It's not it's not something it's public. I'll go over it a bunch today. They've also had 30 members of their school children, guys. 30 pupils in their school, the UN school in Gaza, not Hamas territories, but specific UN areas with their schools and everything they have set up. And that was bombed by Israel. 11 staff members, 30 UN school pupils. And at the time, the reports were four Israeli hostages. As I understand, they're reporting 13 of them have now been killed. And we're going to get into a very uncomfortable point about the fact that there's over 400 American citizens in Gaza. Amazing how Biden doesn't care about the indiscriminate bombing, why 400 Americans are stuck in Gaza, right? Isn't that interesting? Shouldn't, it's disgusting is what it really is. Well, I'm going to start with an article from Robert that I think we should go over. And this is about the misinformation flying around. Now, understand, by him pointing out that these things are, have been proven to be false does not then mean that some of these things might not have happened in other circumstances, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, because we can prove to you that the story that was flushed around about the specific number and the heads cut off and so on that we've already proven has been shown to be a false story does not mean that there weren't children killed. But you see, when, when at the last resort, these things are getting conflated and now they're saying, oh, here's one baby. And, that, and again, that's terrible. Absolutely keeps me up at night. My point, though, is that it's a, a sidestep from a story we've proven to be false and now pointing at a child dead does not justify that they lied about a horrifying story. Think about that for a second. And it's happening. So Robert's covering these and proving to you what has been shown to be false, including the idea of who's been raped. 
There's already been the LA Times that had to retract the story because they said publicly, I think two days ago, they have been able, there's zero evidence to justify that, which doesn't mean that it hasn't happened. But what it means is the corporate media didn't care and just shared what was the narrative. Here's what he says. Following Israel's onslaught against Gaza, killing over a thousand civilians, rendering hundreds of thousands homeless and cutting off water, food, international aid, electricity, and fuel to what Israel's defense minister called human animals in Gaza, which we just heard a member of parliament in, in Ireland tell you that they're talking about Palestinians long before this, that they are human. Very clear. I can guarantee you there's Palestinians that think the same way about Israelis. To what degree? It's up for you to decide. But the point is, right now we're seeing a military, very powerful, nuclear-powered government with the backing of the Western world that's carrying out an open genocide on people that they control. It's quite a different dynamic. It's not some equal footing. It's an occupied territory. And in case I haven't mentioned it in the last 30 seconds, the UN has always maintained that it is an occupied territory, which matters. And per the Geneva Conventions, that means an occupied territory has the right to armed rebellion. Not because they're attacked, but because they are occupied. So the idea about who fired first, I mean, it matters in many political contexts, but in the concept of resistance, which does not include civilians. So if a civilian is hurt in that context, they should be held accountable for that. The point is that you can't, you have to differentiate those two things and realize that they have a legal right to resist illegal occupation. I know it may be difficult for some people, but we need to recognize that actions taken in resist, resistance in the beginning are legal and justified. And then atrocities that happen during that justified legal action have to be, con uh, have to be uh, called out. And people need to be held accountable for it. The reason I made a joke about that is because I've, I've, I've probably said it five times in the last show, but I'm making sure we don't miss this point. Now he goes on to say, an immense focus has been placed upon the nature of the initial Hamas attack against Israel. By now you have probably heard claims of 40 beheaded babies, rape women, burning civilians alive, and other such claims made against Hamas. While the organization is branded worse than ISIS, even though Israel and the United States have provably created these groups, and we've proven that 15 times over, however, there's a problem with a lot of these claims. They're completely fabricated. Now, he doesn't mean that it couldn't have happened elsewhere, or that some of them might not, but the point is the claims that we're talking about in this article are fabricated, is the point. So if some of them are, which we can prove, then we should very clearly question other claims coming from that same group. It's the same thing I said about Ukraine. When we can prove with 14 stories in a row, like the ghost of Kiev, that they were blatantly lying. And let's not forget, the same game was played over there, claiming that they were raping people and giving them Viagra, and it was proven to be false. Somebody resigned in disgrace because they admitted they lied about that. And yet the story actually still continues to this day. That's how this stuff is supposed to work. They call it atrocity propaganda. In the first few days of the war between Israel and Gaza, which was launched following a Hamas surprise attack on Saturday, the Israeli death toll officially reached 1,000. Now that's being reported. Now, I think Robert tends to believe that is accurate, but my point was that I, something tells me that these things are being embellished. Because what we're seeing is an action that was taken out on the 7th into the 8th, and then since then, we have seen kind of a nonstop onslaught of bombing into Gaza. Now, I've not seen or heard of any more incursions. So I don't understand how this number keeps going up. And I don't understand how if we, we continue to pretend like the bombing that has nonstop happened in an open, most one of the most densely civilian populated areas in the world is somehow kind of an even situation. It just doesn't make sense to me. 
He says the images and videos that spread around the world were enough to take the Western media and government by storm. Widespread condemnations poured in from almost every single elected official in the U.S. government, while public figures and media personalities weighed in with some calling for horrendous atrocities in response. Now, he recently wrote about this, which is the link right here. If you want to hit here is analytical breakdown of how we saw this beginning and, and what happened with the incursion. Now, the 40 beheaded babies lie. On Tuesday, the claim that 40 Israeli babies had been murdered by Hamas gunmen, some of them with their heads decapitated, emerged into the mainstream media with the, with the I-24 News report we, told, we reported on. Nicole Zedek, reporter for I-24 News, was the first one to state that the claim on, on air that she had been told by Israeli army witnesses of the tragedy. Yet following some skepticism of the claim, the request for both clarity and evidence Zedek began walking that back, which there's the tweet you can look at there where she said, no, no, I, they, I, they, they believed that. And that was told to me very different than what was reported on live air during her live report. She showed the Israeli victims of a Hamas attack in body bags. His point was they were all clearly adults in every bag that you saw in that interview. It was very clear. So right then there should have been some, some skepticism. The report was published by the, a report, which we'll get into next was published by the gray zone uh, or actually not next, but uh, further down, I, I, I reorganized a bit. But it's a good report where they actually track down the Israeli soldier who claims to have witnessed this. And you won't be surprised to find out his name is Ben uh, David Ben Zion, who is also a fanatical leader of an illegal settler movement, which, by the way, if you think settler, there's nothing the even the United, even the United, well, the United Nations, but even the United States has been clear about the illegal settlements and the illegal, uh, the legal, the legal continued displacement of these settlements and are the people on them. So let's be clear that the settlements and what they're doing are illegal. The UN is it just continues to happen. So for those that will kick back on the idea that there is an illegal settler, realize the understand the, the reality of the situation. So he's part of one of these illegal settler movements that had helped incite riots against Palestinian villages. He literally, and I'll show you when we get there, openly called out for the wipe to wipe out the entire area. So it's, we have to understand that people that would invest, would it be incentivized to make up an, a story like this will be somebody who has the design of getting rid of these people, if that's what you think happened. Despite there being no verification of the claims made, Western media and politicians repeated them as fact, just like Biden did, which he was wrong. And I'll show you that again. The allegations also made it onto CNN, right, where they openly discussed this as ISIS style executions of cutting people's heads off. And they only turned out to walk it back after that, which we'll show you again in a second. And it went around, I mean, the same old thing from Mark Twain, right? Paraphrasing that the, a lie will circle the world before the truth even gets its boots on, right? And that's, we all know that's how this works. And that's why this is done. The UK, you know, it went all around the United States, but the UK was front page news. The Times, the Metro, the Eye, Daily Express, the Scotsman, the Financial Times, all of them, front page fact. They had, and at the very least, they had no idea. The LA Times, which originally ran the story, later pulled it back. But other outlets have mentioned have not corrected their stories until now. Now, the Andula agency actually contacted the Israeli army, one of the first, of course, and they told them that they had no evidence of this. And it says uh, they, they have denied the beheading stories and had any supporting evidence. And so, too, did medical workers, in fact, attending French, uh, according to French journalist Samuel Foray. So clearly, everybody that was there, the only thing this comes from is one person who seems to have an interest in lying about this. The Washington Post also reported on Wednesday night that the U.S. government had not seen or been presented with any evidence of the claim in their story covering the events of the area. They do not mention any accounts of beheading. Despite this, not only did Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu repeat the claim during a press conference, 
But of course, Joe Biden did the same, which he claimed he saw them himself. Now it says, uh, if true, the claim, why not actually produce the evidence? And I've been saying this for a long time. Now they'll get into saying something about this where they go, well, it was just such a terrible thing, which it would be if it, if that, if the, if the, this indeed happened, it's a horrible atrocity. But what's interesting is they have done this the entire time in regard to releasing the information right away because it's shocking. If you think for one second that the Israeli government would not immediately release a video of this happening to make a point, then you don't understand the government we're dealing with. They, I mean, that's my point. As far back as you want to look, it's immediate. So what he's saying is, as we already have extremely gruesome footage of photos of Israelis killed that are paraded around throughout social media, right? That's already happening. Why wouldn't Israel's army confirm it or at least allow it to be reported by human rights groups, right? Also, where are names, photos, bereaved family? Like the, the evidence that this is actually something that is real and people are affected. The also point he makes up here is that the way that this, the uh, like he says right here, uh, the way that it was shot, he says that, the, the, that would mean that the photos would have been taken by some, oh, that, that Biden basically says that he saw it himself, right? He saw them cutting people's That's what he said. Now, obviously, Biden has been shown to be lying or saying whatever he was told to say. But what he's saying is based on that narrative, the photos would have been taken by somebody who was watching the atrocity. Logically, right? Otherwise, how would you have seen that? Which would assumably be Hamas based on their, nar their narrative as they are accused of committing the crimes, meaning they must have filmed themselves doing it. And then meaning they would have the video evidence of that. That's, that's what this whole, that's, that's basic deductive logic. Yet, we don't see that. And today we're going to get into it. We only have images that are being circulated, many of which are very questionable right now, some of which are being accused of being artificial intelligence. He says, on top of this, Hamas strongly denies the claim, which we've already told you, which you, it's anybody involved in, in, in the midst of something like this, you should not take any side at face value. They have an interest in making things up to hide their crimes or to sell you on the narrative that they think is correct. The bottom line is that they do very clearly come out and say, that's not true. And we're going to start with a couple of images they recently shared and video that seems to counter the other narrative, which could be faked. Of course, it's certainly possible, but I think it's interesting. And apparently even the Israeli government put it out saying it's not a fake, but using a different term to describe what you're looking at. I'll show you that in a second. It shows Hamas essentially being very careful with children, you know, bobbing them up and down on their shoulder and, you know, laughing with them. And it doesn't seem it kind of challenges the narrative, even though we, and we've already seen many examples of that. where helping people out saying, don't worry, we're not going to children. We'll help you out. You know, which, by the way, does not remove the, uh, what Robert gets into it in this, that there were civilians that were gunned down that were unarmed. But there's reasons that we should be skeptical about this unless we can prove what ultimately happened. Now, it says the statements issued by Hamas was released on October 11th. It actually noted the copious examples of body cam footage, CCTV footage, and video filmed on phones where the Palestinian fighters avoided killing unarmed people, which, again, there is a lot of video evidence of that. Also correctly pointing out that Israelis who were held hostage have talked in depth about the fighters treating them humanely. Again, we've shown you these videos. That does not mean that there wasn't other examples, but what it does show you is there is clearly an element what seems like the majority of evidence that I can see where they're trying not to do that, which, by the way, is like the best you get from the U.S. government. Well, we do our best to avoid it. Aren't they telling you right now where, well, there's going to be some collateral damage? It's amazing how you get a narrative that justifies it on one side, but not the other. Right. If the argument was they're doing their best not to kill civilians and some of them happened, wouldn't that be the same argument we're being told is making it OK for Palestinians to die right now? Yeah, it's the exact same logic. The point is, it's a double standard, which is all they have.
But it says where the Palestinian fighters avoided it, also correctly pointing out that Israelis who were held hostage, they have talked about them being treated well. However, there are videos of photos of Israelis from the settlements that were gunned, that were gunned down, which have not received any explanation. So definitely could have been killed by people without, with, by the Hamas fighters without justification. What we also have now have to know about the killing of unarmed Israelis is that following the initial Hamas incursion into the settlements, and military sites, all of the Israeli security forces and army service members had either been killed, captured, or fled on foot. This is an important to, uh, to support the note, he says, because we have a plethora of examples on video of other Palestinian armed groups, in addition to Palestinians who were not part of the armed groups that crossed in the separation fence and entered the settlement. So that's an interesting point, right? Uh, still, still constitutes a Palestinian element, but realize that if we're talking about making it about Hamas, that, that there are other possibilities here. And this because they came from that side of it doesn't mean they couldn't have been something else. Realize that they already captured General, was it Nimrod, I believe, which is his name, the general, who was part of some kind of a force that was pretending to be Palestinians inside of Gaza. That was what the entire thing, that's what they did. So that means they have people that actively pretend to be in, uh, Palestinians and operate inside of Gaza. So why wouldn't we wonder whether that could have been something else that happened? Or the fact that Hamas very clearly has elements that still tie back to Israel and the United States. And maybe that could have been something. My point is just simply to point out that we don't know yet. Everyone seems to pretend they understand what's going on because a government that lies to us on a regular basis is telling you one-sided stories, which we've proven already. So the point is other Palestinians and other armed groups did make it in some of the kidnappings carried out, which uh, such as was highlighted by the video that the Kasim uh, brigades released on Wednesday were undertaken by Palestinians who were not part of any armed group. Now, that's interesting because what we're talking about there, arguably, would be Palestinians that are just angry, right? That they're, you know, justifiably angry because of 75 years of violence and occupation, but not enough to justify just being violent or murdering civilians. Never is there any justification for that. So, but my point is that that's the high dynamic we see when you have people that are attacking people that have no way to resist or do anything back. And then finally, they have an opportunity to run in. And instead of going after the military, they go after other civilians. Which is disgusting. We should nobody should condone that. But just point out that there's more going on here than we're being told. In the video that Hamas released through Al Jazeera, it's made clear that the Qasim brigades had taken control of a woman and a child who actually had been captured by other Palestinians and then immediately released them back to the border. This is all, this is all public information. So why don't those things get talked about? Why don't you show the evidence of them going? Wait, here's a child that's not part of this. Take them back. How do you fit that in with the narrative that they're bloodthirsty animals that murder anybody they don't like? It does not add up is my only point. The situation became extremely messy, as is also clear from the footage that we have. Many Israelis were armed in the settlements, which is an important point. I've already made this argument that uh, they're part of the occupation forces. They're armed and they act as such. Not If they're unarmed, then they're not. But my point is that when in their minds, they may see the settlers as the same as the IDF, which is a conversation. I'm not saying that that is even valid. Because then, then, then you're on the line of assuming that anybody you think is a settler is suddenly a valid target. The point is that IDF does matter. Seeing as how it's an occupied territory and this is a legal rebellion, not the civilian side of it, but just the act in the beginning. So my point would be then that makes legal military targets IDF. But settlers, there's a, there's a gray area there, I think. But we have to realize that they are armed and that would then become a military target in the mind of the people that are going in. It says that they, uh, it's plausible to believe that when pre presented by a possible threat, the mistake of shooting on our people could very well have occurred. At this time, we still do not possess any detailed reports from human rights groups. 
which is what we should be waiting for. And don't blindly take that at face value either. And the investigations have not yet come to confirm what happened in the various cases presented. It's plausible that some Palestinian fighters could have actively gone wild shooting anyone in sight, whether it was Hamas, random Palestinians, or other groups like the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, or again, it embedded Mossad or CIA. I mean, these things are all very possible. But it's, it's not meant to kind of dismiss that, that they're capable or possible that it happened, because we know that it did. It's simply just making sure we understand that there are other elements at play here that we should not dismiss. And that's just being objective. And so, so we should not discount that, 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 that this happened, but we also must keep in mind that we have no idea which Palestinians killed the Israelis, why they killed them, and whether, as video evidence also suggests, Israeli forces also killed their own people during firefights. That's important. And he's referencing the, the potential with the whole uh, concert. Now, his point about the killing of pregnant women, burning of civilians, and rape, he says one of the most outlandish claims made to date came from the executive editor of Indian media channel TV9. We already covered this who wrote, a pregnant woman in southern Israel was found by Hamas terrorists. They dissected her body, cut open her stomach, and the whole thing, and took out the fetus, and on and on. Now, the point is, what that actually comes from, and it was even fact-checked on Twitter, was a, was, uh, it's right here, right here. He says, the, the report, he cited, the, the he even cited the article showcasing how this is the very same act, literally, like verbatim, that happened, that was carried out, during the Sabra and Shatila massacre committed against Palestinian refugees during Israel's 1982 invasion of Lebanon. He deleted the initial tweet and then reposted it again, knowing that the core allegation was a lie. And that's this where a lot of this stuff stems from, guys. Now it says, then there are the claims that Palestinians gathered Israeli civilians and burned them alive, which most of the tweets claiming this are using photos that are confirmed to be of dead Palestinian fighters. Now, Robert was one of the earliest people to break that down. Now, this, by the way, is interesting because look who deleted it just like I predicted that they would. Remember this one? This was Chuck Costello, who's already sharing things today, I think, are probably going to be deleted again later, right here. Now, it doesn't have to mean that he's got some agenda. A lot of people today just share things because they think it's important. They don't check it. We should all be checking stuff. But he deleted it. The point was that he said these were children. He said these were Jewish children that are burned alive. He was conflating it with that other story. And my point was, as Robert put out, and he told me early, this photo was of dead Hamas fighters. Now, the question then is, were they burned alive? I don't know. But he, Robert, and by the way, Robert, who has family who were killed in Gaza. Understand that. Civilians who were killed. His wife's family. It just that makes me sick that we can't we, that we in the midst of politics, we can't recognize that this is real. The fact that civilians are being killed by the Israeli government. Then there are the claims of Palestinians gathering civilians and burning them alive, which of most tweets claiming that are photos that have been confirmed to be of the Palestinians. Some of these allegations are, again, so outlandish, not even the Israeli media will take them seriously. The allegations of rape, we already told you, the, the, it was the L.A. Times, I believe, was forced to pull this back and actually cite that there is no evidence to back this up. The most prominent example uh, in uh, this was of that German uh, citizen tattoo artist, which at, that, at the very least Newsweek is now reporting that she's not dead. And in fact, they took her to a hospital, which seems to, again, undermine the entire narrative that they're spinning around that. Doesn't mean it does, though. They could have done whatever they did and then took her to a hospital. But I just don't see how that makes sense with what they're saying. But on top of that, there's also the case of that woman that was shown getting into that Jeep with the uh, the what to me looked like an African migrant. Going, taking her and, and had the blood on her pants. And my point was simply that, look, we don't know who she is, where she's coming from, what's going on, who these people are, who's directing them, paying for them, paying them, right? I mean, that, that matters, guys. 
because we, as I pointed out, there's different elements going on. But on top of that, my, my simple point was it does appear that she was abused. But I don't know that because how do we not know she didn't sit in blood while she was hiding? I'm not saying that's what's happening. If I had to, if I had to guess right now, I would say she was probably raped. And that's disgusting and it makes me sick. But we don't know that. And as I've said many times in all this, if you are unable to put aside your emotion and assumption in the midst of your due diligence, then you shouldn't be a journalist, period. But the point is, there's a lot of this that's being shown not to be real. For example, American actress Jamie Lee Curtis posted a photo of a Palestinian children in Gaza on her Instagram, except with the caption, terror from the skies, thinking that there was Israeli children that were being killed. And then deleted it, of course, because that's what they do. Justin Bieber did the same thing, put out an image of Gaza being bombed with all the buildings being exploded and said, pray for Israel until he later deleted it. Right. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous how much this happens and people don't care. Videos were also being spread on social media with allegations that Hamas had captured Israeli children and were holding them in cages, except that turned out that that was false. One of the videos was published on October 4th. So it was actually before what happened in in the recent incursion. And did not depict Israeli children, but the, it was actually Palestinian children that were being held, being held in cages by the Israeli army in the West Bank, which is easy to prove. That's why it's gotten really quiet in that regard. There's also been zero evidence produced up until this point to even back up the claim that a single Israeli child is currently being held captive. I mean, there's a lot of conjecture flying around, and it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. But if it was, then we should be very, that should not be condoned. Children should not be involved. As for the festival massacre of over, now here, now do we understand what he's saying here? There's a very big difference between what were the videos I'm going to show you next in, in essentially what they're arguing is getting them out of harm's way versus holding them in prisons and using them as ransom. Yeah, I, I don't know the points. We don't know. It's it's once this flushes out and we find out, well, that's when we should report it. Not guessing based on propaganda. As for the festival massacre, over 200, uh, they claim over 200 Israeli civilians at the festival, close proximity to the Israeli Gaza separation fence, reports that were produced across Western media painted the incident as a clear-cut black and white scenario, which suggested of just a mass shooting of people. Now, in this case, the, the, also, the video evidence has emerged, as we showed you, that puts question to this, of Israeli armed security forces firing at Hamas. Now, here's the difference in this. I, 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 open, I openly wondered whether it seemed like they were trying to protect them. But you have to realize that on the video, you can see there's more than one. They're not just they're engaging with them, some of them from sort of in the middle of these innocent civilians. So if you're firing at the people, even if it's return fire, then you're going to draw fire. And if you're standing around the civilians, what you should be doing is being if you're going to protect them, then you should be in front of those civilians. You could very clearly argue they were being used as human shields. But it's up for you to decide. It's hard to tell what the, what's really going on. But the point is that that's not as simple as what we're being told. And I think he just generally ends with the fact that there is. It says in 2022, he said he worked on a piece which debunked his really claims, which were also report repeated across Western media and by the U.S. representatives to, United, to the United Nations that Palestinian rockets had killed most of the children that died in last year's onslaught against Gaza. But it was a lie. It was proven to be a lie. And the point is, this is always what has been happening, guys. Now, I skimmed. I recommend you read this article. It's a very important one. But as we see, these things continue to be deleted. We already have evidence. This is Mint Press News who put this out. Quote, they didn't touch us and just continued their way to Gaza. Now, it's in, it's in uh, subtitles. You can watch it for yourself. This is an Israeli settler, in fact, who's claiming that they didn't, they, they didn't touch us. They went on their way. 
You can decide for yourself. All right. Here is the video we'll play. And this is just the children example. This in context, saying the Palestinian Al-Qasim brigades released video footage depicting their interactions with Israeli children. Now, of course, they could have just done this for the video and then murdered all the rest of them. But based on everything we know, based on the history, based on Robert's perceptions and everything else, we it does not seem to make sense to me, especially with this kind of information. So watch for yourself from with their framing of it, that this is them. Uh, just, you know, interacting with the children and arguably not hurting them. It's pretty interesting, right? Now, again, take it, take it for what you will. I'm not, it's, it's just as likely as anything else that that was something they, that they did just to sell you on what they think. But it definitely is interesting. Now, here is what, interestingly, now here's the timing of this. So this, in context, put this out uh, before noon on October 13th, which, by the way, it's Friday the 13th today, which is interesting, which kind of overlaps with the whole, not necessarily the Crusades to a degree, but more so the Knights Templar. You know, it's kind of interesting Christian background to being assassinated essentially around the world by people in power. I think that's interesting to note. That's where Friday the 13th generally comes from because, you know, the kind of haunting idea of it. But interestingly, so this is 1230, right? So they put this out and then in, ask yourself if they, if they, it's just interesting that, but here, make it simple. They put this out and they say, here's how we treated children. Could be a lie, right? But they come, they hit breaking, put out the exact same video and say Hamas released on Friday footage of terrorists holding Israeli toddlers uh, on Saturday during their mass infiltration, massacre of civilians. Like trying to, they're, they're acting like they're holding them hostage. I think it's just an interesting way that they frame this. Jerusalem Post, by the way. We're going to get into more about them. Now here as well is kind of something in reverse. Here is from, is, from Israel releasing this. Leaked interrogation footage, they claim. Captured Hamas fighter admits that terrorists raped and tortured. Just like the other one, a Syrian girl is arguing pretty aggressively that this is being coerced, which wouldn't surprise me. And as I said last time, you can decide for yourself, but it's pretty, pretty classically understood that you do not take people in captivity and their admissions at face value because of what people like even the United States did aggressively in Guantanamo Bay or in Yemen to their torture prisons, where they literally torture people in Yemen, for example, on the record, mind you, using waffle irons and horrible things to make people suffer so they could get them to say what they wanted, get them to do what they wanted. That's, that's the U.S. government, by the way, with the UAE in Yemen. This is this reported by the U.S. or by the corporate media. The point here is that when we see this happening, and I'll show you the video, where he starts, where the guy's literally shaking. And secondarily, by the way, what the hell does he wear right there? Something tells me that's some kind of a minute, like a something that's not comfortable, something that's meant to be almost torture. Just my gut tells me. Uh, but I don't, you tell me what that is. Either way, the point is, the video seems very clear. This person is under duress. So I just don't know why we would take that at face value. And all the evidence we seem to have does not back up what's being stated right here except for the things that we continue to see are suspect and many of them being proven to be false. Doesn't mean it didn't happen. Here's the video. Okay, stay calm, look at me. And you can see he's visibly shaking right there. Okay. 
Yeah, and as somebody notes, in the, it's, high, it's definitely edited for sure. So he asks him if he prayed to the prophet today, and then he goes on to pray, so I'm just going to jump past that. Okay, right here. He's saying old men, young men, women, children, teenage girls. What'd you do to them? He said killed them. And then it cuts, which is interesting. So that's what he said, and then it cuts, and then it says killed them, and it cuts. This is why why forbidden? Interesting cut. What was forbidden? And what was responding to? Maybe the the allegation of rape, and he said it was forbidden. I mean, I don't know. But what's interesting is he goes, he just goes goes forward. <laughs> All of what happened is forbidden. What's forbidden? The kidnappings, raping, and so on, he says. <laughs> so he said, how do they do such a thing? And then it cuts. So the way that per- appears to me is that he's saying that that's not something that they should do. It doesn't mean they didn't do it. But it's just an interesting, very suspicious. To me, this is there's no way this would hold any water for anybody. Just that the guys in in obviously in some, you know, and just like the last one, he very clearly was beat up as well. So I don't know. I just don't take it at face value. <laughs> Again, and now it says in regard to the baby's heads being cut off. Who did it? Hamas. Right. You mean the claim that we're now showing is an absolutely false claim. The one that they're putting forward now to make this to claim it is true is a, an image of a burned baby. Which is disgusting and horrible, but doesn't have a head cut off. So I just we need to try to be unemotional about this and realize that there are sidestepping a current lie and pushing something that very well may be true. But we need to regard the fact that we just got pushed a horrific lie that is very clearly turning out to not be the truth. And now this guy just pops up the next day being told the same thing that is seemingly not true. Pretty suspicious to me. So decide for yourself. Searing girl is pretty adamant about the fact this is being coerced. Now, here's where it gets into the most dis- disconcerting part for me, the most despicable, is that we're talking about the entire population of Gaza. Israel is now telling the United Nations that all of them, every single person in Gaza, 2.3 million people need to move. That's mass displacement. That's a war crime. Over 1 million people should relocate, relocate within 24 hours. What they're saying is the, the million, the children, by the way, even though they've already been bombing. Right. Their argument is we need to do this because we don't want to hurt civilians. So explain for me why then they just continued bombing for three days or more, actually, for four or five days. Just bombing, bombing, bombing. And I'll even read you right from the Associated Press. They have been, according to Israel, bombing around the clock. That's why I'm telling you the number is so much higher than we can even fathom right now. But my point is. To pretend like we're going to get them out of the way. Is just a it's it's a completely it's a whitewash of what just went down, and they're hoping that people in the mainstream just kind of go along with it, which is what they're doing. What just happened was a massive genocide in Gaza. Even if you think everything you were told about what happened in Israel is true, because we're talking about civilians, not Hamas, and that's where these people go out of their way to try to say it's all the same thing, and then that just makes you, at the very least, just as bad as them. That's what I said to Alex Bernson. You can't pretend like it's not collective punishment because at the least there are over a million children that are in this place. So to to say, just give their hostage back and we'll stop it. My point is what you're literally doing is then in reverse holding their people hostage till you get your hostages back. Aren't you doing the same thing? Yes, which means you're morally corrupt. 
And he knows it. They all know it. They just don't care. Also realize that one, we'll show you the United Nations thinks this is a war crime and is screaming about this and saying we can't condone this and they don't care. All they did was actually attack the United Nations and say, you know, whatever. And it's just like they've done in the past. Anytime they don't get what they want, despite using man, uh, resolutions in the UN every time they can, they just go, oh, you're all anti-Semitic. But then we'll happily use something that you say that we agree with because that makes perfect sense, right? Realize that this is absolutely disgusting. We're talking about a group of people that have been displaced more than once. That have watched their homes get bulldozed. They've watched their families get killed. And now they're just going, just get up and move anyway. Because we want to do what we want to do. Leave your house, your possessions, and everything you moved to another place that we took from you. And just move because we're trying to protect you. Do you think they believe that? Hardly. I don't think anybody with two brain cells together believes that after four days of continued bombing in the same location. But the point is they're trying to frame this as an altruistic thing. These people being moved again is horrific. They don't want to leave their whole lives that they've moved over and over. And guess what? When they move all these people out, what happens then? They're claiming they're going to let them all come back. Do you believe that? Do you believe that when you've heard them say that we want these people to be gone? When you've heard Israelis say we should turn it into a parking lot? Do you think once they have the opportunity to take care of this area, once they pretend all of the people are out of the way, which you won't, I'm going to show you that the UN is telling you that they're going to stay. The UN with all of their children because they don't have another option. So they're going to kill people when they continue to bomb. And they already are is the point. But once this gets moved aside, guess what? It's over. They've essentially won in the context of displacement and taking over Palestine. Because then you're left with West Bank, which is still going to be a problem for them, but it's different than Gaza. Gaza is the open-air prison. The West Bank, before all this, was kind of the controlled area that's part of Israel proper. But now the people are pushing back in the West Bank too. But at the very least, that's considered that's a different controlled situation. Once that happens, Palestine is gone. And I think that's the ultimate point they're trying to make here. And, and again, the worst part while doing that, is framing it as doing it for the Palestinian people. The worst of the worst. Now let's talk about this. Here's what the state of Palestine put out. Which, by the way, note, and again, this another positive statement for Twitter, is that they give them a great check. All right, Before that, it didn't exist. Official Twitter of the mission of the United Nations. This is the state of Palestine. Because there is a state of Palestine. It's occupied by Israel at the moment. Now they say this war crime of massive proportions is being compounded by Israel's military orders to force 1.1 million Palestinians from their homes in northern Gaza. This is collective punishment. It doesn't matter how, what narrative you have around it, guys. When you're taking action under the guise that you're doing it to go after these bad guys, but yet the action equally applies to just anybody else that's there, no matter what your narrative is, no matter how bad you think the atrocity was, no matter what hostages they're holding, the bad guys, it is still a crime. That's why I'm almost, I just am shocked that even as much as the, I won't be mean, as much as I see people like Alex and the rest of them that I think I, they know better, that they're, stu- they're siding with their political narrative. My point is that they, are, it's, it's, it's undeniable that they must know that this is disgusting. It's despicable. And I guess they just don't care. Here's what they wrote. This is from the state of Palestine, which you won't hear. Um, I, I bet you won't even, they won't even note this in the corporate media. <clears throat> UN personnel have been killed. And yes, I've been telling you this and I'll get to this. I mean, I think I've got it right here, right there. This is, the, this, this is directly from the United Nations telling you 11 people have been killed, many of them with their families in their homes. But let's keep pretending like this is targeted at Hamas while they want to turn into a parking lot, right? 
11 have been killed in their strikes, Israel strikes, including 11 staff members, among them five teachers, a doctor, an engineer, counselors, three support staff. Where are the where are the people in the United Nations? Where are the in, in any historical context? This would have spun the U.S. government out. They would have been screaming about this. You imagine if this happened, and it was Iran that was responsible. Can you imagine if it was Syria that bombed and killed U.N. members? Do you know what they would do? We would hear about this 24 seven for the next two years. And of course, they'd be bombing and occupying and taking things from Syria. But guess what? They're already doing that. It says Israeli airstrikes have also killed 30, 30 United Nations students. But let's not talk about, let's only talk about the children we want to talk about, right? They're, the Israeli air, what they're saying is the occupation forces. The Israeli strikes have killed four medics. All had been serving in the Palestinian Red Crescent. And we're going to get into yet another example of how they say, go, you can go help them and then bomb them. They say, go, go ahead and you can leave, go across this area. And they bomb the people trying to leave. That's also part of the illusion. You go ahead and get out of the way and we'll bomb you on the way. That's happening. They were killed in line of duty despite prior coordination with the IRR, the, uh, the Red Crescent to ensure their passage to aid wounded. And remember, on the record, the, the Israel told them they could go in and then bomb them as they were helping them. Journalists have also been killed in Israeli airstrikes. We're going to get into one from Reuters today. Reuters put out a statement but failed to note who it was because that's how cowardly they are. Israel's attacks on Gaza have also wounded 6,638 people, many in critical condition and whose lives are at risk by Gaza health system is collapsing as shortages of medicine and the cutting of electricity, fuel, and all of the supplies by Israel are bringing it to the brink as the hospitals continue to be struck by Israeli bombardments, which is easily provable, and the UN is calling that out. The WHO, <coughs> excuse me, has documented 34 attacks on health facilities. So it's, it's, isn't it fascinating how we've gone from 30 seconds ago where the WHO and all this conversation is completely undermined because of their lack of objectivity on COVID-19. And by the way, in no way am I suddenly believing them now in the sense that I just trust what they're ever saying. But it's an interesting shift to where any other time in history, it was pretty much a one-sided affair where everything was very clear. Everyone's in line with the same narrative. Now we've got the UN, human rights groups around the world, the WHO, seemingly everybody making clear what's going on. And all you get is screamers on Twitter telling you you're an anti-Semite. Guys, they've lost control of this narrative, but I, who knows what's going to ultimately happen? Because one major atrocity after the next, people kind of lose sight of what's going on. The WHO, the World Health Organization, has documented Israeli strikes on 34 different health facilities in Gaza. And all they have to do is, I mean, quite frankly, they don't even have to say anything because people on Twitter will go, Hamas was probably there. And that's enough for them. Now, it says they, they have, they've resulted in the death of 11 health workers, 16 injuries and damage to 19 health facilities and 20 ambulances. Thousands more lives are in imminent danger as Israel is even facing hospitals forcing hospitals in northern Gaza to evacuate and forcing the transfer of sick and wounded patients. Now, realize, guys, if you're under the belief that Hamas is targeting, let's just say, like there was a video that went around earlier of them dropping a bomb, which I was never able to verify, by the way, on an ambulance, which was very clearly being used by IDF members. You could see it right in the video. Either way, let's just say you're of the mind that Hamas is bombing ambulances or hospitals, right? If you think then this is an equal thing, then you don't understand the situation. We're talking about civilian locations in, Ga in, in Gaza. But what's happening is they're saying, well, they bomb hospitals, so we're going to bomb, but it's not the same thing. You're talking about bombing civilian locations in an area largely of people of which who just support Palestine and not Hamas. Because again, let's not forget the willful ignorance of people pretending like Hamas is their government. They control everything. Well, that's not entirely untrue, 
But from 2000, the last election was in 2006. And since then, look up the DOA agreements. There's been a whole different dynamic where things have kind of been left up in the air. In my opinion, the Palestinian Authority, which is very clearly controlled by Israel, is mostly in charge. Hamas is definitely supported by a lot of people, especially when they are perceived to fight for their independence. But the bottom line is it's not as simple as saying they're just in charge and everybody there supports them because that's blatantly untrue. Listen to anybody who cares about being true or or being honest and tell the truth on the ground because you can hear it. You can see it. There's very clear pushback and differences. And I mean, there's also other groups. There's the Palestinian Islamic Jihad. There's Fatah. There's all these different groups that we could talk about. People just want to simplify it and say they're all terrorists because it makes it easy to make sure that you think they're not human. Interestingly, exactly what Israel says about them. Civilians. Thousand more lives are in imminent danger, they say, as Israel's even facing uh, forcing the hospitals to evacuate. And that's one of the points we'll get into. They can't, guys. You've got people on, you know, in, in, in their deathbed. You've got babies in incubators, like legitimately. They ha- and the, the hospitals are literally saying, if you force us to leave, we have to leave our patients. These people who cannot be moved or they'll die. Some of these hospitals are saying, we're not going to do that. We're going to stay with our patients, which is commendable. And they're probably going to die because of it. And no one's going to care, apparently. The Red Crescent regional director had, quote, as Gaza loses power, hospitals lose power, putting newborns and incubators and elderly patients as on oxygen at risk. Kidney dialysis stops. Dialysis stops. X-rays can't be taken. Without electricity, hospitals risk turning into morgues. Nobody cares about this on the side defending what they think is okay in this conversation because they are upset about atrocities that seem to have taken place. Some did, but the, the broad picture of what they're saying that seemed to have taken place in Israel. I, don't, I just can't get past that. You're justifying the attack on civilians because, again, the thing I said yesterday, your outrage about your, the atrocities that did happen do not, out, do not somehow, uh, what, how how'd I frame that? The outrage about the atrocities that happened do not then justify the attack on civilians. That's not what I said before. But the point is, just because you're outraged about what happened does not mean then you can just ignore international law or pretend that the civilians over here are somehow involved. Nearly half a million people have been displaced from their homes. The majority, 220,000 people, sheltering in 92 UN schools. Right, so this, this is what we're going to get into in a second. They're now, they've now put these people, hundreds of thousands of people in these UN schools, which Israel has already bombed, according to the United Nations. And they're telling you they're not going to leave. Think about what will happen. We'll get there in a second, which have quickly reached capacity and many of which are now being forced to evacuate as Israel forcibly cleanses northern Gaza. As Israel forces this transfer, the United Nations has already been compelled to relocate its operations center to the south of Gaza to continue humanitarian operations. Israel's depraved decision to cut off all water, electricity and food and supplies to Gaza threatens disease, starvation, just like with Yemen, right? Death for the millions of civilians it is holding captive which is what happens in an open-air prison, and will soon plunge Gaza into darkness, further terrorizing our people and concealing from the world the magnitude of its war crimes, which is part of this. Now, people like Alex will tell you that, well, if you give them water and electricity, it's going to help Hamas. Well, you know what? That's what an an altruistic, truly rules-based international order would do. Realize that the one thing you don't do is kill civilians. So you allow what... And it's not like you were giving them something. It was what was already going on. The point is they're already telling you they want to do a ground incursion, which by the way, I just don't think is going to happen unless they have support from somebody else. 
So if that's what they've been saying, then do that. If you want to go after the people you want to hurt, to continue to bomb the area like it's their fault and cut off food and electricity is just a cop-out. You are committing war crimes, even if you think it's justified that the civilians are being held there. But ask yourself this. and How about, you know, specifically Alex Bernison, who's making this argument. Ask yourself how this makes sense. Your argument is give the hostages back and we'll turn the we'll, we'll send food and water and electricity, right? Okay. Well, if that was all that was happening, as much as I still think that's ridiculous and that you're ignoring collective punishment, it's at least there's some logic to it. But then when you add the reality that Israel has been indiscriminately bombing this area for four days, how do you make sense of that, Alex? Aren't these the very same hostages you're telling us we want to do this? So now you're effectively hurting everybody by collective punishment and then also bombing the area, which, by the way, has killed 13 of those hostages. You're in a morally compromised position, guys, and I think we all need to recognize that. And then think about that as we go forward. These people shouldn't be listened to. We reset, We reiterate our calls for an end to this hellish violence that has been unleashed on Palestinian people. We urgently appeal to the international community, including Security Council and all peace-loving nations, to act now to halt the humanitarian human, human catastrophe unfolding in Gaza. The lives of civilians must be spared. A ceasefire to halt to the violence must be priority. I'm realizing now that I didn't, I forgot that I was going to be reading this and I'm like, oh my God, it's already past an hour for the show. Well, I might just leave it there so I can make sure we don't go three hours today. The point is they're just making sure we all recognize that this is happening to civilians. And I'll just read this part that I just, uh, it's saying the Palestinian people must be protected from the state terror and crimes against humanity, not Hamas, the civilians. Israel's colonial occupation and abhorrent apartheid regime, including its inhumane blockade on Gaza, must be brought into an end now. This Nakba against the Palestinian people must be must end. <clears throat> and it does even say here, uh, uh, international humanitarian law, including the Fourth Geneva Convention, must be upheld. Civilians must be protected at all times. Civilians and civilian objects should never be targeted for reprisal or collective punishment. I mean, realize, guys, no matter your narrative, hostages or not, even though they're clearly not concerned about those hostages as much as they use them to get Alex to say certain things or whoever else. The point is that under international law and the Geneva Conventions, what they're doing is a crime, no matter how you contort the narrative. It's as simple as that. Now, here is Axios. Israel tells UN to evacuate the northern Gaza Strip within 24 hours. <clears throat> now, it says the sources told Axios that the IDF's reason for this was to in order for civilians not to be hurt. Now, anyone that pretends like that's logic, or like if you could pretend that four days of nonstop, round-the-clock bombing, according to Associated Press, of open civilian areas where they don't know where the hostages are being held, where they've already proven that they bombed the UN, UN staff members, UN schools. So don't, let's not debate whether they're bombing only Hamas, okay? The point is they have already been killing civilians at an, un, um, at an unprecedented level. But now they care. Do you believe that for a second? So there's definitely another reason. And my opinion is I think this is a, a, a last-ditch effort to just take advantage and get them to move. Quote, we call on all civilians in Gaza City to move south, they say. That's from the defense secretary. Quote, we don't want to harm them, except we have been for five days. But now we don't, or for 75 years, excuse me. Whoever wants to save his life should go south. Hamas is camouflaging itself inside civilian population, and we're going to go in and dismantle its infrastructure. Okay, so explain this for me. If somehow, and by the way, they've already been saying this, if they're telling you that Hamas is inside civilian areas, and yet they've been bombing those areas for five days, doesn't that openly mean that they knowingly have been bombing civilians? Yes, it does. 
basic deductive logic. And then, but now we want them to get out of the way. Now we do, right? Even though as they go out of the way, and we'll show you next, they bomb them as they flee. More than 1,530 Palestinians and over and 1,200 Israelis have been killed. So, I mean, right there, we're already seeing the very slanted numbers. And I still, I don't understand how this just continues to increase. But the bottom line here is it's important that we recognize that this is being played both ways. How many of those are civilians? How many of the 1,500 Palestinians are civilians? Well, I can prove to you it's almost all of them. But on top of that, how many of the Israelis are civilians? Right? It should matter. How many of those are actually IDF members? Because all they say is Israelis and Palestinians. Well, that's pretty bad journalism. And I think there's a reason they're doing that. Because it's a very one-sided idea that we're staring at here. The Israeli military has carried out a heavy bombardment of Gaza since Hamas militants attacked. Exactly. While they knew there were civilians. Very clear, guys. It also imposed a complete siege on the enclave, which is home to more than 2 million Palestinians. Quote, you will be able to return, they claim. Announcing uh, when another announcement permitting is made. Yeah, you know, a couple years, maybe 10, maybe 50. We don't know, maybe never. But yeah, just leave now because we're going to not want to hurt you as we've been doing so for five days. This amounts to approximately 1.1 million people. The same order applied to all UN staff and those sheltered in UN facilities, including schools, health centers, clinics. Right. So that's the Israeli government going, get out of the way, UN, even though they literally already bombed them. They've already killed 11 members, 30 staff members, teachers, students, I mean, here, this, there's even the, new, the Times of Israel, for those that are trying to dismiss it. 11 staff members, 30 pupils killed. Think about that. And, they, 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 and now they're saying, go ahead and get out of the way. Like, it's the same false narrative. If you're telling civilians to get out of the way and you've already been bombing them, it doesn't make sense. If you're telling the UN to get out of the way and you've already been bombing them, it doesn't make sense. The, it says, quote, the United Nations considers it impossible impossible for such a movement to take place without devastating humanitarian consequences. That's the United Nations saying we, that's not what you're proposing is going to hurt people. So no matter what's happening, they're knowingly hurting these people. Let me make sure you understand that quote, the United Nations strongly appeals for any such order of displacement, if confirmed, which it has been to be rescinded. Avoiding what could transform what is already a tragedy into a calamitous situation. They're only right now, in this case, talking about Gaza. Now, the Israeli ambassador to the UN, Galad Erdin, here's what he said in response. Now, realize what they're saying is not about Hamas. It's about civilians in Palestine. Here's what he said. The same kind of response we saw from Bennett. How dare you ask me about civilians? Palestinian civilians. How dare you? That was was his response. Not Hamas, Palestinian civilians, because they see them as the same. Here's what he said. Aired in a statement called the UN's response to Israel's warning to the residents of Gaza, shameful. Oh, weird. Same word that Bennett used. Well, all the guy was saying is, what about babies and incubators? Shameful. Is it shameful or is it international law? Quote, now instead of standing by Israel, those citizens were slaughtered by Hamas terrorists, and, and who tries to minimize harm to those not involved, it preaches to Israel. That's what he's saying to him. Instead of standing by us, whose citizens were slaughtered by Hamas, and who tries to minimize harm to those not it preaches to Israel. Is that what they did? Or are now you trying to downplay the concern for innocent civilians wherever they are if they're not on your side? 
I mean, this is pretty much accused of that which you are guilty. You are literally not caring about innocent life because they're in Palestine, and that's a crime. And if they say that's a problem, you go, how dare you not only care about one side? This is not working, man. I'm telling you right now, people are seeing this. Here, again, let's not forget, is the crossing that was, and even according to the Associated Press, or I think maybe the New York Times, I forget which one it was in, I'll show you right now, according to mainstream media, has been bombed by Israel. This is just the Cuds Network pointing this out. Israeli warplanes attacked the Rafah boarding crossing, border crossing. Now, every other crossing is, is we're all, they're all, in my opinion, controlled. All the open, out, the ways out of Gaza are controlled by Israel. But the crossing itself, all of the rest of them are controlled by Israel. That's the only crossing controlled by Egypt. Not surprising, they bomb it because they don't want people to leave in the sense of, in the attack sense. But I argue right now, and of course, the point is these people, they don't want them to exist in general. I think that's been made very clear by the open statements of the Israeli government. And you, again, you could find statements from Palestinians probably saying the same thing, and there has been plenty of them. My point, though, is in this sense, we're talking about an occupied territory and a powerful government, and then telling them to leave and then bombing them as they go. But I argue that there's a level of this that just if they can get them out of there and take advantage of the situation, maybe that's what's going to happen now. But if not it. So, again, let's not miss the fact that the UN reported they're very saddened to confirm to confirm that 11 colleagues have been killed since October 7th in their homes with their families. I just still can't believe that's not reported by the corporate media. Times of Israel backing that up. Same thing. Even, even going further to report that it included five teachers, engineers, counselors, children. Now, the cradle is reporting today. It's the 13th. So as they're telling them they have to leave, right? The Israeli army gives the Al-Auda Al- hospital in Gaza, which right now is crowded with injured children, only two hours to evacuate. Now, by the way, I should have said that when we started. Right now, there's reports of their beginning incursions, they claim, out on the outskirts. So right now, if you know of something happening that you think I should report on, some kind of breaking news, let me know in the chat. I know Israel's claiming they're going to start to try to do little incursions, but quite frankly, I just don't think this is going to... They've already shown themselves to not be able to accomplish that in Gaza many times in the past. So unless there's something else, another dynamic, U.S. on the ground, whatever else, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's likely. I think it's more of a, a bluster to get other groups to come in to try to maybe stop that from happening. So then you create this like World War III dynamic where U.S. is there and then China, Russia, and everybody else feels involved. But either way, two hours to evacuate before bombing it, reports the cradle. And guess what? Most of these places are refusing to leave. Then this gets even more ridiculous, by the way, right? So Israel's telling them to evacuate in 24 hours. My point was, of course, only after they've already carpet bombed one of the most densely civilian populated areas on earth, over 1 million children for days, because that makes sense, right? Regardless, they have nowhere to go and are even being stopped from leaving if they try. And anyone honest knows this. Now, here's what the New York Times is reporting. As deaths soar in Gaza from Israeli strikes, Egypt offers aid, but no exit. Now, this is an interesting statement because it is Egypt seems pretty worried that this is going to be, become their problem. Not as, I don't, well, I, I can't speak for whether they care about the civilians or not. <clears throat> I think that there is some of that taking place. But ultimately, because if all of these Palestinians end up in Gaza, or excuse me, in Egypt, then they're going to be sort of involved with this dynamic and then potentially take negative actions from Israel. And there is a very serious anti-Israel sentiment in Egypt of the people, despite the normalization deal. Here's what they reported. 
As Israeli warplanes pound Gaza, killing more than 1,500 people and crushing buildings in response to last week's unprecedented attack by Hamas, Israel's leadership is reportedly urging civilians to flee the territory while they can. That just seems unbelievable. Get out now, Netanyahu said on Saturday, vowing to unleash the full force of the military. Again, I just don't think this is what, unless they're carpet bombing, which they've already been doing, which they don't need them to leave for, something else is going on here. But the only viable exit is a border crossing with Egypt, right here. Uh, that And that country, as ever in times of war, is keeping it firmly shut. That wasn't the one. Hold on. The, 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 we'll get to it. But basically the point is Egypt, they're claiming, is keeping it shut. God, and then the, the point that I was going to say is the bombing, which it, it is an Israeli bombing, and I believe it's in this article, if not Associated Press. But on top of that, they're claiming Egypt doesn't want it to happen. Gazans must, quote, stay steadfast and remain on their land. That is from Egypt. Right. So what's interesting is you're hearing people claim that Hamas was saying, stay here, don't leave. Now, I actually haven't seen that from direct Hamas sources. I've seen things floated around on Twitter. But either way, the point becomes, first of all, just because Hamas says it does not mean all Palestinians believe it. But on top of that, that it's not about Hamas saying stay for human shields is what they only want to make this about. Because they really realize the only reason they become human shields is because you're bombing an entire civilian area. If they were indiscriminately bombing, you wouldn't be able to contort this into human shields. It's not like they're holding them in front of them. You're claiming it's human shields because you claim they're there and you're bombing everywhere and then they die because it's their fault. A child wouldn't think that makes sense. You're, try, you're conflating your actions. It's the same thing I said as if holding your brother's arms and saying, stop hitting yourself. You're creating the problem by continuing to break the law. That does not condone what Hamas did in Israel The point in regard to civilians. But what the point is, is that you then bomb an area knowing civilians are there and say anyone that dies while they have nowhere to go is on Hamas. That's ridiculous. And now that's probably why they're trying to pretend the narrative is get them out of the way so then we can pretend that that's what you tried to do. Eventually, how much you want to bet going forward a year, they're going to try to conflate the timeline and act like they did it first. Mark my words. But Egypt is saying stay because it's their land. And that's the real point here, guys. This is my point about displacement. Acting like, get out of the way, we're trying to help you. They're going, hell no. We're going to die in our land because you've displaced us five times in our life. You've murdered my family. You've stolen my, I mean, anything. You've stolen the secondary place that I built and put, built a pool there. The point is that these people are in a, this is their struggle for independence. This is a struggle for recognition and self-determination. Egypt is saying, stay, stay. And like, think about the U.S. Like an, from an American perspective, right? That you have your homestead and your land and the government is trying to push you off that land for X, Y, and Z. We've had many examples like that in history in this country where there's armed standoffs, where people are saying, get the hell off my land. This is mine, and I will not be scared or cowed off of it. How can we not recognize that's what's happening to civilians, not Hamas, civilians, who are saying, we are going to stay because this is ours. And it's, it's what we were forced to take after you displaced us all these years ago. And even Egypt is saying, stand your ground. Including... It says uh, in, in response to growing calls, including from the United States, for Egypt to let them pass. Now it says, quote, Egypt will not allow the Palestinians' cause to be settled at the expense of other parties. That's, that's Sisi saying that. But pressure to, to, is growing to provide an escape valve for at least some of, these, for some of the 2.3 million people. But realize, guys, the only reason they need an escape valve is because of indiscriminate bombing. You can't ignore that. It's the same kind of thing as saying you can't ignore that it all starts with an illegal occupation 75 years ago. There's only one continual culprit here, guys. 
No one's condoning civilian casualties anywhere in this converse, in this conversation anyway. But if you're going to pretend like those things don't matter, you're, you're a child. You're lying to yourself. If they, weren't, if they would stop their bombing of open civilian areas, this wouldn't be the same problem. There'd still be the issue. What's, Hamas is there, and we need to do something about it. That's what they would say. So do anything but indiscriminately bomb civilian areas. You know why? Because it's a war crime, and it's undeniable. The Egyptians say they will facilitate a humanitarian corridor to get urgently needed aid, but they don't want that. Israel's cut off supplies. That's because they, they told you it's a complete siege on the civilians because we want what we want. A tactic that aid and human rights groups have literally called collective punishment. A war crime. Not a likely war crime, a literal war crime, if it's collective punishment, which it is by the most obvious definition. I mean, look it up anywhere, guys. There's not caveats because there's hostage being held. The point is that you have to consider Palestinians in, in civilians or in any circumstance, even, I mean, let's just say they were literally holding human shields. They were tied to them. The point would be simply then you have to engage in that accordingly. You can't just kill the civilians. And pre- I mean, ask yourself why when police go to some kind of standoff, when they have a hostage, they don't just kill the hostage and the guy and go, oh, we're done. It was, oh, he got in the way. It's their fault because we had to kill the bad guy. That's a small example, but it's the same, it's the same moral logic. The point is you do what you can to save the civilian. In this case, the real point is that they don't care about the civilians. American officials, however, want the Egyptians to allow civilians to leave Gaza through the Rafah crossing. Isn't it interesting that very early people like Jack Posobiec were really focusing on this point? All I care about is the humanitarian crossing. Well, they shouldn't have to leave their homes in the first place. The civilians, just because you pretend you're trying to go after a group. Now realize when we add the point of maybe this is because they created Hamas and this is still that whole point. Maybe this is how they're using them to make the final push. Just a pot, just a thought. Says at the uh, news conference in Israel, Secretary of State Blinken said he had discussed the issue with Israel. Of course he had. And guess what? They're completely okay with it. I think that was it down here. What the hell is that? (laughs) Anyway, the point is, the, the U.S. government is completely okay with what's going on. They don't care. They've met with them. They've signed off. They've said you have our unequivocal support. Open collective punishment. They have no moral standing. Anyone paying attention has known that for decades. But here is a local Palestinian woman from inside Gaza who is reporting something which we've already proven, by the way. But now we just have more evidence on the ground of exactly what's happening, which is that they're being told they can leave and then being bombed when they try to. Civilians. Oh, more updates about uh, the, the the evacuation that I've been talking about since uh, since the morning. Do you remember when I say that um, they, they they push people to evacuate from the northern to the southern areas via a, a, a safe route, as as they said? Okay, that was a trick. That was a trick. They targeted ambulances, cars, and buses in the road. And more than more than 150 per- people were killed until now, as I heard from other press uh, and other journalists. So this is part three. They are playing. They are playing with us. They are playing with and on us. They told us this is a safe route. Innocent people took anything from their homes and 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 went to 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 the southern areas, and they killed them. They literally killed them. 
literally more than 30 ambulance cars until now reached the Shifa and it's, it's not ended, it's not ended yet. Many people are killed, most of them are, are children. The, 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 the scenes are really hard. I can't even imagine that I'm living this. I can't, even, I can't imagine this, that this is real. I'm losing my mind, I'm losing my life. Please do something. So, so. That's always what gets me right there. You know, it just, it just, it strikes me at the very least. It's very genuine. And she just breaks down at the end. You know, just what do you, what do we do? Please do something. We're being murdered. We're being wholesale slaughtered. As we, if we stay, we're getting bombed. If we try to leave, they bomb us on the way. This is what it's like to live in an occupation that does not care about you and it calls you animals. Not Hamas, all Palestinians. It's disgusting. This is why we talk about all human life. Whether there's Israeli civilians, Palestinians, Iranians, doesn't matter. But here's my point. So he shares this about the fact that she's dealing with this and she's being murdered. Her family are being killed. This person says, doubtful. Why should we believe anything from Arabs? Right? Because the Arabs are liars, right? Isn't that what he's telling you? They've lied so often before. All Arabs, all of them, right? If people were killed while evacuating, it's likely that Hamas killed them. Like Ukraine's killed Russians evacuating from Maripol. Not only is this guy completely lost in all the narratives, including Russia and Ukraine, but see, guys, this is, these are the kind of people that are now finding courage to come out and say, like, think about how ridiculous it is that we're talking about the people that are supposedly out there fighting racism, fighting inequality, and are literally calling for exactly that without even realizing it. Or some of them who literally do absolutely realize it. We shouldn't believe anything from Arabs, right? Because they're all a bunch of liars. Like, these people are despicable. Like horrible people who maybe don't even realize what they're doing. Many of them that do and don't care. Either way, the point is, this is the kind of disgusting people we're dealing with while they call us terrorists for caring about life anywhere. Now here is a report, Times of Gaza. Israel orders civilians in Gaza to evacuate northern area, move south, only to target them on their way. Just to continue to prove to you that this is what's happening, was what she was telling you about. This is a video, part of it, where I showed you the other day, right, where these trucks were on the way with civilians and were bombed, as being reported by multiple locations, including corporate news outlets. Here is one of the one of the the group the the trucks that were moving people, and this is graphic, so prepare yourself. So the point, guys, is that when they try to leave, they're killing them too. And bombing the, the Red Crescent when they go to try to help people. And here is the response we get. I have no sympathy for you. At least from this person. I'm not trying to say that's everybody, obviously. But this is my point. That this is what we're dealing with. 
Are we talking about Hamas? No, we're talking about civilians who, in fact, were told they had a safe corridor and then were bombed on that corridor, which is literally what happened. And they says, and she says, I have no sympathy for you. Now, look, is it possible that this was Hamas in order to frame Israel? Sure, of course, that's possible. Quite frankly, I don't think that's what's happening. I don't think that's what the evidence suggests. I don't even think that's what what the, these groups in in the core entity we're talking about today would do. But at the end of the day, the point is the evidence seems overwhelmingly clear in one direction. People that have filmed it, people that were present in in regard to especially the idea of where it came from. If you think that Hamas has the ability to kind of carry out the kind of airstrikes we're talking about, then you're wrong. But nobody cares because you know what? They have no sympathy for the civilians in Palestine. Here's a scene from one of these hospitals after the Gaza airstrikes that we're talking about. These are all civilians, guys. Every single one of them. Now, the point in this is not to you know make it emotional, even though that's very hard not to do. The point is just to give you real, you can visually see this one after another, civilian, 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 harmed, injured. That's why the number is over 7,000 injured. Now, insider paper reports Israel to enforce complete internet blackout. That's interesting, isn't it? As this person aptly points out, wait a minute, they cut off the power two days ago. So now they're going to cut off the internet? How does that make sense, right? Don't they, doesn't, don't they need Enter power to be able to use the internet? Well, guess what? I think this is happening because of stuff like this. Because people are still getting information out that's proving that they're lying about what they're doing, right? So they go, you know what? Cut the internet. Because people are finding ways around it. People are either sending things or finding ways to access some kind of energy generators. And they said, you know what? Cut the internet because then they can't get it out anyway. That's how I see that. Either way, why would you cut the internet? Argument again is going to be because Hamas, bad guy, we want to stop Hamas. Collective punishment. It doesn't matter how you spin it. What they're doing is predominantly hurting the civilian population. And now we're going to lose connection with what they're even seeing. But here's what the Associated Press said. Hamas says 70 people, mostly women and children, killed in one of the most recent strikes on a fleeing convoy. This is the same conversation. This is a convoy that was fleeing on the corridor they were told to use and was bombed. They say 70 people, mostly women and children, were killed in Israeli airstrikes. Hamas's media office says the cars were struck in three places as they headed south from Gaza City. It was not immediately clear who the target of the airstrike was or whether militants were among the passengers. See, that's the way this works. Even though you can show the people that were there, show the hospital full of people that were civilians, or the fact that you could prove that this was a strike that came from Israel, it doesn't matter. It's all up in the air forever, right? Well, we, got, we, don't, we don't know for sure. It's like it's like theirs for a foreign policy conversation. Well, we don't know. Well, then why don't you find out? Nah, we'll just move forward and keep it ambiguous so you never know. So we always can pretend that maybe there was Hamas in there. You know what, though? It doesn't matter because it still would be a war crime because you killed civilians, even if you told us Hamas was in there. That's how that works, guys. Just because they say human shields, which is not even verifiably happening with what they're bombing, it still doesn't matter. They're still killing civilians. And then we need to remember that Israel has a policy, the neighbor policy, I believe. I'm not saying that correctly which you can prove it's documented and you can show plenty of videos where they're towing around young Palestinian children as they go to, to engage with other Palestinians. But that doesn't matter, right? The UN has warned 
that so many people fleeing in mass, almost half of Gaza's population would be calamitous. And it urged Israel to reverse the order, right? Because they, they respect international law, right? Because rules-based international order, because the UN and the resolute, no, because they don't care. But they'll absolutely use the United Nations as a tool against anybody they don't like. Families in cars, trucks, and donkey carts packed with blankets and possessions stream down the main road of Gaza. Israel hammered neighborhoods in southern Gaza with airstrikes on Friday. Civilian neighborhoods. Guys, I mean, this is, you can't deny this anymore. And it said ground troops have conducted temporary raids in the territory to battle. My, I've got no evidence of this, by the way. One of the videos they even put out that Amazing Polly shared, you, you could prove that it actually happened on the 7th. Or at least that's what the information says. And yet they're saying, so I don't know, I get, I get some weirdness around this, whether this is just what's being stated. Like, we're already doing it on the ground, and it just doesn't seem like that makes sense to me, but I'll have to, find, I'll have to double check this. On, or this is just them releasing the video from the 7th today and acting like this is happening today. I'm not sure, because let's, be, let's not mix it up here. The, the corporate media will, <laughs> I mean, we've already seen it. They'll report whatever's in front of them. And they don't, oh, I mean, check, fact check, we're wrong. We'll replace that. They just say whatever's in front of them. The point is, it could very likely be that they filed a video today and just went, they happened today. I don't know. But something about this doesn't ring true to me. The idea that they're already on the ground. Like, I, this, would, this would argue that they're in the middle of like an ongoing frontline kind of a war situation. I it just, again, I quite frankly don't think that's what's going to happen unless we have other parties that enter this. But he says, many hesitated to leave, fearing nowhere was safe in the tiny territory under constant bombardment by Israel. Civilians. Gaza is sealed off from food, water, medical supplies under a virtual, to virtual total blackout. Remember when they, that kind of stuff was happening in Iran, the power went out, and they, they screamed about how bad that was? What are you doing to your civilians? It's amazing how they don't care about that when it's being deliberately done, right? Not at the behest of some other country doing it to you, and then you get blamed for it, like Iran or Venezuela, or however else, many other places the U.S. government's done exactly that. Forget about food, forget about electricity, forget about fuel. This is what they're telling you on the ground, civilians. The only concern now is if you'll make it out alive. That's from the Red Crested, actually, as they sob. <laughs> this is disgusting. Gaza Health Ministry said Friday that roughly 1,800 people have been killed in the territory, more than half of them under the age of 18 or women. Not surprising. 50% of the whole location are children. Israel has traded fire with, in recent days with, with uh, Lebanon's Hezbollah, speak, sparking fears of an even wider conflict. Yeah, we'll get into that next. This, what we're, this, the point is, they started firing and, and, and striking with Lebanon, and then suddenly a journalist dies because they're bombing there. And we'll get there next. It says, Al-Aqsa Mosque. This, this is, Robert's written about this for so long. First of all, we're talking about a mosque, okay? Regardless of what they think the location is in regard to uh, prophecy. I'm not going to get into that right now. It's a complicated situation, but we've talked about it many times in the past. That's like the, the, uh, anyway, the point is the mosque, which is a Muslim, and, and it is one of the holiest sites for Muslims in the world. Because of this whole dynamic, they've just started finding whatever reason they could to stop them from going in and finding uh, inane reasons for Israeli settlers to go in the mosque. You know, because it makes sense for Jewish people to go into the mosque, right? All it's about is hurting the Palestinians and making this a situation where these people are supposed to be kept from doing what they need to do in the sense of their religious beliefs. So it says that they barred all Palestinians from entering the mosque. 
just until further notice, because that's not affecting you know civilians, and they're not Hamas guys; these are civilian Palestinians. So the point is, let's not miss that they're just openly applying this to any Palestinians, even in context that's not. Well, are these Palestinians holding? Are they? Are, is Hamas holding them hostage in using them as human shields? Well, no, they're just random Palestinians that want to go pray in the mosque. But you're not going to let them because what Hamas did. Okay, so let's not pretend that this is about the human shield. They're just applying this in any context to any civilian because they don't care and they're all Palestinians in their mind. Or all Hamas, or they see them all as the same. Israel has bombarded Gaza around the clock. Yeah, we know that. But now we want you out of the way, right? Because that makes sense. Hamas said Israel's airstrikes killed 13 hostages, it said the dead included foreigners, but could not give their nationality. Now, this gets interesting when you realize that there's 400 plus American citizens in Gaza. Oh, I thought I had that right up next. Let me see. Well, I'll get to it in a second. Well, I'll, sh- I'll show it again. I'll show it twice. I went over this yesterday from uh, NPR, but it's, th- it's from the U.S. Embassy. This was about a family that's, that went there to see their family in Gaza. And now they're trapped is the point from on the 12th. But as it says... A senior U.S. official told NPR that there's 400 to 600 U.S. citizens in Gaza. Hundreds of them have contacted the embassy. Okay. So my point was, if you currently care more about American citizens killed or still unaccounted for in Israel, 22 and counting apparently for for those that have been killed, which by the way, in my opinion, are most likely predominantly dual Israeli American citizens, which means they, mo- they could likely be IDF members, which makes them a military target. My point is, I don't know. My point, though, is 22 and counting for dead and unaccounted for. But so if you only care about them, but don't care about 400 American citizens in Gaza per the U.S. embassy while they're indiscriminately bombing, you're likely a terrible person. Because it's not hard to recognize the difference there. On one side, you're an American Israeli citizen. On the other side, you're an American Palestinian citizen. Do you get the point? You're starting to recognize how even your government views the situation? That's despicable, guys. It's ab- I, I, have you heard anybody other than NPR even point that out? Have you heard any of the c- people crying about what's happening to innocent civilians? I mean, crying foul, like street, to yelling to the world about how we need to worry about American citizens in Israel? Have you heard any of them mention American citizens in Palestine? Because every single person in the situation views every person in Palestine as the same thing. I mean, the ones that are not, not everybody everywhere, but in the ones in the situation where they are allowing the kind of carpet bombing we're seeing. Guys, that's crazy. We, we can't let something like that fly. So as, as my point was, so as they're saying there's been foreigners been killed because of that, that seems to indicate most likely that there's been Americans that have been killed. I'm willing to bet you they never try to engage with that because that's an uncomfortable truth. Israel said Thursday it would allow no supplies into Gaza until the hostages were free. So if you, the point is you're now holding all of Gaza hostage until you get your hostages back. So you're essentially just the same. See how that works? Morally corrupt. At the very least, you're just as bad as the guys you claim you're fighting, which is the same thing the U.S. does. Here's cluster bombs, Ukraine, because Russia did it. So you have no moral high ground. You haven't for a very long time. Collective punishment. That's not to suggest that we shouldn't care about the hostage, guys. These people matter. Civilians matter. Even if they're IDF members, they matter. The point is we should care about human life. The bottom line, though, is doing this to all the people in Gaza is a crime, no matter how you slice it. These, the military urged civilians in Gaza north to south, or to move north, to, Gaza north to move south, in order that the UN said affects 1.1 million people. 
If carried out, that would mean the territory entire population cramming into roughly the southern half of the 40-kilometer mile-long strip. But the point is now they're telling them not to move south anymore. They're telling them to get out. They're telling them, go to Egypt. Jonathan uh, Conresis said the military would take, quote, extensive efforts to avoid harming civilians. Think about the lies they're spinning right now. I mean, while they're literally still bombing, by the way. But don't worry, get out of the way so we won't hurt you as we just killed your family 10 seconds ago. I mean, this is why I think they've lost control of this to the degree, the, the degree that it, it's not like we have to do any research. This is readily apparent. If you can see them indiscriminately bombing, which everybody seems to be aware of with a brain, and then they act like they want to avoid civilian casualties, it just, it doesn't, it, it's obviously hollow. The camouflage, which says, quote, the camouflage of the terrorist is the civilian population, says Israel's defense minister, Right. At the news conference, quote, therefore, we need to separate them. So those who want to save their life, please go south. OK, same point. They're acknowledging they know there are civilians in the areas they're bombing and acting like today we're telling them to leave because if we don't, they're going to get killed when we bomb. So that means for five days, they know they've been aiming at areas where civilians are likely going to get killed. There's no way around it. It's basic logic, guys. But the U.N. spokesperson, Stephanie uh, Dujaric, said it would be impossible. The U.N. said it's impossible to stage such an evacuation without, quote, devastating humanitarian consequences. So even if they do what they're told, it's going to be catastrophic for them. So what, what part of this does it seem like it's taking care of the civilians? He called on Israel to rescind any of these orders, saying it would transform what is already a tragedy into a calamitous situation. More than half of the Palestinians in Gaza are the descendants of refugees from, guess what, the 1948 war surrounding Israel's creation, you know, the illegal occupation of Palestine, when hundreds of thousands fled or were expelled from what is now Israel. For many, the mass evacuation order dredged up fears of a second expulsion. I mean, I'm actually surprised even the Associated Press is making this point. Because one, it makes you understand that that's where the history comes from and that they were removed and then taken and that now people aren't just going to go, oh, go ahead, Israel. I'll get out of your way because I know you care about me. They're going, this is happening again. We're going to lose everything again for the third time for some of these people. Maybe more than that. And they're terrified. I mean, how can we not understand that situation? It says already at least 423,000 people, nearly one in five Gazans right now, have been forced from their homes by Israeli airstrikes. That's not over 75 years, guys. Think about that number. Just since this has started, since what, the 7th or the 8th, already 423,000 civilians have been forced to flee their homes. That should hurt your heart. That is only because of indiscriminate bombing. Gaza's health ministry said it was impossible to evacuate the many wounded from the hospitals already struggling with the high numbers of dead and injured. It says, quote, we cannot evacuate hospitals and leave the wounded and sick to die. Farsak, the Palestinian Red Crescent, <clears throat> said, medics were refusing to leave the ab and abandon their patients. We're instead calling for colleagues to say goodbye. Think about the honor in that, knowing that you're probably going to die because, you, because you, it's, you, know, you have an oath to take care of these people. And they're murdering them. Quote, what will happen to our patients? Asked one of these doctors. We have wounded. We have elderly. We have children who are in hospitals that can't leave. Now, I add that last part, but it's the truth. 
The UN agency, the United Nations says, and it's specifically the, Palestinian Re- the, the agency for Palestinian refugees, part of the United Nations, also said it would not evacuate at schools. So make sure you understand this is a very important part of this, guys. The United Nations, who we just showed you, is, are, is very clearly, beyond a doubt, telling you we have been bombed. 11 colleagues, their families in their homes, 30 kids from our schools, teachers have been murdered by this bombing, right? Undeniable. So the UN is now telling the Associated Press publicly that it would not evacuate their schools. Where hundreds of thousands, as you just just heard, 220,000, if I remember correctly, have taken shelter in these UN schools right now in Gaza. But it relocated its headquarters to southern Gaza, according to a spokesperson. The point is what they're saying is they will not leave right now. We're going to stay in these schools because we have 200,000 people we're protecting. So when they pretend that people got out of the way and proceed to bomb like they are right now, are we going to care when 200,000 children and innocent people die in these UN hospitals? I can't even believe I'm saying that. Where are all the people that recognize how incredible this is? Israel, of course, says if it happens, it's Gaza's fault. Because that's how it works, right? It's your fault. If I murder all those children, well, you should have gotten out of the way. Sure sounds like exactly what the U.S. government does around the world. Hagari adds, if Hamas prevents residents from evacuating, which we'll get into that argument next, which does not seem to hold water for me. They're not not preventing anybody from leaving. The responsibility lies with them, they say. So this is the narrative they spin. So then if they die when they're there, it's only because it must have been that Hamas kept them there. Except the point is, on the record, we already have the UN saying that they're not going to leave. So you can't conflate. They're lying to us, guys. Make sure you don't miss that. The UN is staying, not because Hamas is making them, but because they have nowhere else to go with 200,000 people, many of which are injured. So then they just go, well, if they're there, it's because Hamas. That is the kind of ignorant, clumsy narrative that people online are spreading right now. Oh, that school they bombed? Probably because Hamas was there. Because they just don't, they either are incapable or unwilling to confront the reality. It says the UN had said the the evacuation order it received gave Palestinians 24 hours to move, but the military told the AP there wasn't even a formal deadline. So this is kind of like the stupid game that gets played in the, in the, the ocean, right? Where one day it's one mile, another day it's 10 miles. The point is, you don't know. Maybe it's going to work. Maybe we're going to bomb in a minute. Maybe we're going to bomb in four days. We don't know. Maybe we don't know. So if you want to read that, like, well, we're going to give them as much time as they need. You're not paying attention to the fact that they're currently already bombing. So to me, that line means we don't even care about a deadline. We're going to bomb when we want to. And we're going to, if it's their fault, if they're there. And if they die, it's because Hamas did it. They're already sewing up the narrative right now. It's sort of like when the U.S. government comes out and says, if somebody bombs, we're going to blame Hamas. We're going to blame Assad. Or we're going to blame Maduro. Or we're going to blame X, Y, and Z before anything happens. Which then clearly gives a nod to the people that they arm on the ground to go, hey, let's bomb somebody. They'll blame the bad guy. Same game is being played right now. You can't miss these overlaps because these are the same entities, man. The overlap of these governments, they're overlapping how they work together and what they train. It's the same stuff. Clive Baldwin, a senior legal advisor at the New York-based Human Rights Watch, which, by the way, don't miss, is named Israel an apartheid state, said, quote, ordering a million people in Gaza to evacuate when there's no safe place to go is not an effective warning. It's amazing how we ignore all the groups they tell you to look at in any other circumstance when it doesn't work for Israel. Quote, the roads are rubble, fuel is scarce, and the main hospital is an evacuation zone. World leaders should speak up now before it's too late. And guess what they did? They unequivocally went along with it because our leaders are nothing 
but followers. Egypt's Rafa crossing, the only entry not controlled by Israel, has been closed because of airstrikes. A visit by U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken on Thursday, along with shipments of weapons, offered a powerful green light for Israel to drive ahead with its retaliation. You know, the leaders of the free world, we're told. The rules-based international order. As they're literally in most the most obvious deployment of war crime, collective punishment, and everything else we're talking about that I've ever seen in my life. The supposed leader of the, of the international order of human rights said, go ahead and do it. Here's some weapons to carry it out. Austin, who met with Israeli leaders, reiterated the United States' ironclad support for Israel, saying military assistance would flow at the speed of war. God damn it. These people are disgusting, man. These people are in charge, and they are willfully, probably whistling Dixie as they murder these people. I mean, how else do you make sense of this? It really does make me uncomfortable. It makes me sad. Now, here's what we're seeing. Again, I see a screenshot, by the way, and this is Gaza Now, which I'm not even sure the affiliations of the group. The point is, it is a tweet that is claiming that the residents got a text message, which I don't even know how you confirm this stuff, that it is, and then how you confirm that's actually from Hamas. And then at a time when, as this guy points out, wait a minute, all the power's out. What are you talking about, right? These narratives don't seem to make sense, guys. But the point is, as long as we have a narrative that Gaza, the Hamas is telling them to stay, then we can blame it on them when we bomb indiscriminately. But guess what? That's not even really what it says if you read it. It simply says, the occupation is trying to tell you that you should leave. The occupation aims at this communication to create confusion and so on. We live in our homes. We die in our homes. That's the point they're, they're, they're focusing on. As if they're claiming that means they're going to make them stay. It's not even remotely true. What it means is the same point they made before. If you as an American don't understand the concept of like your homestead and the fact that you're fighting off something like, you know, very different in historical, like different today. But, you know, you go back to the, the, the original Cologne, the times when Americans were going across the United States and staking their claim. And then there came a time when the government came in and tried to take from you. The point is, which by the way, still happens every day. We just forget about it. The point is, you understand what that means. You don't just give up and walk away because they ask you to. That's your land. In this case, the land that you grudgingly got after you were displaced more than once. The point is, they're saying, we stand by this. We stand for our resistance to an occupation. It's very simple. But even then, oh, that wasn't, that's just, I think I'm playing it later. The point is, they don't care. And I think the idea is that we don't know for sure whether this is ultimately even coming from Hamas, let alone if Hamas is not being in some way influenced by other powers. But on top of all of that, that most of people, or some, many people in Gaza don't even listen to Hamas. And on top of even that, most of these people want to stay for the reason we just showed you, that this is bringing up feelings for them of the 1948 removal and, and things that happened since then. And then, of course, what the State Department says, just in case you miss that they don't care that this is happening, in a stunning State Department memo, they warned the diplomats, I don't want to hear any talk about de-escalation. That's the U.S. State Department telling diplomats, you know, whose only job is to try to find some kind of common ground and talk these things down. We don't want to even hear about it. As Israel, as, as Israel escalates its offensive, U.S. diplomats are being discouraged from even discussing, you, as it says, publicly using three phrases that would urge calm. Guys, I mean, that's despicable. So don't call for de-escalation. How do you miss what that means? Because this is meant to be happening. This is an agenda. 
Then, of course, realize that while that goes out of control and while this is likely going to lead to more people getting involved because this is clearly one of the most this this is a mass atrocity that's going on right now, right in front of our eyes. So that's going to bring people in. People like Russia and China and Iran are not going to stand by as they just slaughter civilians. So the point is, guess what just came out yesterday? Totally unconnected, though. The U.S. must be ready for simultaneous wars with Russia and China. Well, fantastic. And we're acting like this is their fault. I'm sure they will. Bad guys want to take over our freedom, not because they don't like what you're murdering people. It's the same game with the Palestinians. It's only because Hamas. It's not that we're wholesale murdering people in real time. Blame them. Makes me sad. Now, Dan Cohen points out an obvious contradiction. Well, Zelensky says that anyone, anyone who deprives people of food and water is an enemy to humanity. Oops. Funny how things shift on a dime, right? So does that, what does that make Netanyahu? This is, this is Zelensky. There must be no famine. The right for food and clean water should be a basic human right. Yeah, it is. Or rather the access to it, not the, or rather the government's removal of those things from you for a purpose. The bottom line is, it's not, a, there's now kind of caveat there. We all understood this. And the, even the allegation was used against Russia, even though you can prove that wasn't what was happening. But now when you watch Netanyahu do it on a public display like we've never seen, crickets. You can't miss that. He goes on to say, anyone who tries to deprive people of food and water is an enemy of humanity. We must defeat such enemies together. That aged terribly. Dr. McConkong points out, trying to figure out what the rebuttal is to this tweet. Maybe, yeah, but Ukraine has colder winters, so it's far worse. The hypocrisy is staggering. Some of you would easily take gold in mental gymnastics. Ursula von der Leyen. Russia's attacks against civilians, infrastructure, especially electricity, are war crimes. Cutting off men, women, and children of water, electricity, and heating with winter coming. These are acts of pure terror. Oops. Except right now, she's unequivocally standing with Israel. I mean, you just can't miss how these people don't care about what they're saying. The point is not that they're confused. The point is they don't mean that. They don't care about Russian civilians. They don't care about Ukrainian civilians. They care about using the narrative against Russia. Right now, they care about ignoring it to hurt Palestine. These people are terrible, disgusting human beings that are using human life like pieces on a game board. And now it's being in real time exposed. Now, here is an example of the kind of things they're doing to these people, Israeli occupation forces. And we've shown you videos like this going back years. They assault Palestinian worshipers who are praying in the street. You know why? Because we just told you they're being denied access to Al-Aqsa Mosque. So they have nowhere else to go. So they pray in the street instead. And guess what they do? They fire tear gas on them, which I can prove to you is not even tear gas. In many cases, this stuff is deadly. The, the international rules-based order just doesn't care about the provable examples of death seizures, neurological problems, because what they're using is some kind of chemical weapon that no one's ever been able to identify. It's it, Even human rights groups have talked about this. But the point is that, not that right now, but rather that they did this to innocent, unarmed, praying Palestinians. No one's attacking anybody.
oh yeah, yeah, get we got to get CNN out of the way, right? Let's get CNN out of the way before we bomb these people. And ask yourself why CNN didn't report this. They were there. Have you seen that on CNN? Or what about what's about to happen? You won't. Look at that. There's nothing legal about that. My God. Just casually whipping his horse there. Good times. One more example. Or just, you know, continuing. Again, let's not forget the point. These people want to pray as their religion demands. And I guess I forget how many times, it's multiple times a day they're supposed to pray. And, and, And the point is they go to the mosque in many cases, but the point is this is a very holy site for them. So they pray in the street instead. And they attack them for it. It's just disgusting. It's just one many one of many examples of what's really going on. Now, the same point I made before. Here's the hill. 27 Americans killed in Hamas attacks, 14 unaccounted for. Nowhere in here will you see any mention of Gaza civilians that are American. Nowhere. How do you make sense of that? Doesn't it matter to them uh, that there are 400 plus unaccounted civilians that are American? Does Blinken care about those Americans? Does Biden care about those Americans? Does Trump care about those Americans? I haven't heard a peep about them. Isn't that interesting? I mean, guys, you really don't need to see anything else. The fact that we have a tally on one side and nothing on the other completely shows you the real picture. They don't care about Palestinian Americans. Those are Americans just the same. But if they're Palestinian Americans, well, they're not. We don't care about them. If they're Israeli Americans, well, then we need to make sure we talk about it. How do you how else do you describe the situation? It's it's plain. Here is the article from NPR. People in Gaza can't leave since the borders are sealed, as we already told you. The Rafa border crossing, the only path into Egypt, is closed after being hit by multiple Israeli strikes, as we told you. Israeli strikes that shut this down. As they say, go, use the crossing. We're bombing it, though. As we bomb the trucks to go on the way, as we already showed you. You put these pieces together, it's almost all corporate media making these points at this point. They just don't put it together because they don't think they want to. That also means that outside aid is not making it through. Collective punishment. The point, a U.S. official has told them that they are trying to get out 400 to 600 U.S. citizens. Why don't those citizens matter as much as the ones in Israel? Why don't these citizens even get discussed? American citizens. Biden, don't you care about these American citizens? Isn't it your obligation to care about these American citizens? You guys can't stop talking about a single American in Russia. What about these? The point should not be lost, guys. This is obvious. As I said before, if you care about the unaccounted for or killed Americans in Israel, but could not care less about the 400 American citizens in Gaza as they indiscriminately bomb, and apparently the reports that suggest they might already be some of them dead. 
then you're likely a terrible person. Now, let's not forget, by the way, this this classic video that will go down in in the Hall of Fame as it will age terribly. This is this is an Israeli. That is taunting Palestinians. Right. I've got power. I've got water. That's what this is. That's what this is talking about. He is taunting Palestinians. But let's not forget, while he's doing that, there are civilians, obviously, American citizens that are trapped there. So this is an Israeli making fun of American citizens that are starving, lacking water, and have no electricity. Americans. Doesn't that bother the Republicans out there? Doesn't that bother the Democrats out there? Doesn't that bother the people that are aware that that's a childish illusion? Don't, don't we care that civilians are being made fun of? Apparently not. As long as they overlap with Palestine. You can't miss that. Now, Sarah Abdallah points out that, as we should know by now, Israel is in fact bombing Lebanon, which has been ongoing for a long time intermittently, but now it's getting hot because of one, they're occupying Lebanese territory, but also because Lebanon is acting, or specifically Hezbollah, is acting in response in defense of Palestine. Israel is carpet bombing Gaza. Israel has bombed civilian airports in Syria during this. We already showed you that. All this is war crimes, are war crimes. Israel has dropped white phosphorus in Gaza and Lebanon, provably. Can anyone still refer to Israel as the victim as it constantly attacks its own neighbors? Well, they will. They're going to make this about them being attacked from all angles. But realize this is a, these, the Israeli government are the ones illegally acting in every sense in regard to the borders and what they're doing in Syria and Gaza. It's not diminished that Hamas carried out crimes in Israel. If you can't have your mind around that, that these things can exist in the same discussion, then you are ignoring other civilians being hurt. I just can't get past that point where we are simply, people like us are simply talking about this and saying that both sides have casualties and they both matter. And yet people get upset about that. And then go on to proceed to only care about one side and then go, you're a bad guy. <laughs> I just like, it's like, do they really think that? Or are they just that scared of the reality? Well, here's Reuters. They're deeply saddened to learn that their video, their videographer, Isam Abdallah, has been killed. He was part of a Reuters crew in southern Lebanon. Well, they just started bombing. What do you know? We're urgently seeking more information. That's what that's where they leave it. Here is footage. Now, I I, I this is not graphic. But it's, it's hard to listen to. This is, it's alarming. This woman, which I will show you the woman after the fact, is screaming that she can't feel her leg. Then it's just very disconcerting. So just prepare yourself. It's only 30 seconds. But this is when they're, this is them filming and this is when it happens. Now, one thing we should understand, this is Reuters. They're aware of what's going on here. They know that these people, they're, they're in places where they're supposed to be. Right. So the idea that Israel bombs this location is either because I mean, I, I'm not going to assume, but I, you could prove in the past that Israel has targeted journalists, even according to their own military being told to. So keep bear that in mind. to listen to so here's more of the evidence around it 
Israel targets a group of journalists south of Lebanon, killing one and injuring four others. Now, I'll show you these in a second. These are just the still images of the car and everything that they hit. The point is, this is the woman. I'll show you that video in a second. The journalist that she was, that was screaming, the one that died, Reuters photographer, as they as Reuters just told you, which but here's the point, though. He, he was there, according to everybody else that's at the scene. Reuters has admitted that he's killed, and we know that Israel's bombing southern Lebanon. It's not hard to put together. Isam Abdullah was martyred in the Israeli aggression a short while ago on a journalist on a journalist car in Lebanon. Here's another video. Senses, you know, it, it gets graphic in some cases, so be prepared. Same point about this person being bombed. Oh, actually, let me see if this is a. I think so. Hold on. For obvious press vests, right? It's not. It's not hard to understand. Now, the big point is whether you think this is intentional or not. It's still a war crime, guys. They are indiscriminately bombing, or they're targeting them. Only one of two things. Even if it's an accident, there's still accountability, or they're supposed to be. My God. Now here is the other video I was telling you about. A little, it's not, it's not terribly graphic, but it's just sad. You can tell, you can tell her legs are screwed up. Very clear press and of course, you're likely not going to hear a peep about this. It'll be denied by everybody until you have even some, like an explicit announcement coming from somebody that they have to trust. And that's just how this game goes. Willful ignorance to the reality of what's actually going on because there's a political side involved. Makes me sick. This is from Cud's News, Cud's News Network reporting that he has been killed. And then just this is here's what's interesting, by the way. This is coming from Al Jazeera, which, you know, nobody should take any news outlet at face value. That's just ridiculously naive. But what's interesting is everybody wants to make one out to be the one you're not supposed to listen to and blindly trust the other. The point is, you should listen to everything and question everything. But here is a journal, an Al Jazeera, uh, uh, this is the head of communications, reporting that he has been killed. Long before you hear this anywhere else. I just think that's worthy of notation. Now here, we're going to get into the gray zone. Now actually, here I think, uh, let me think real quickly on the timing of this. Because, you know, I think I'm going to go through this really quickly. We've already gone over this pretty extensively. The, the story of the 40 babies and their heads cut off and that whole propaganda push. Here's the, here's the gray zone on the 11th. After an Israeli reserve soldier named David Ben Zion told the reporter that they had heads cut off of babies, Netanyahu amplified the claim. The gray zones identified him as a fanatical settler, demanding that they be wiped out. And here's the evidence of that. Hours after that report, he had been seen seen grinning, and this I've seen the video actually. I played one. It's one of the ones where they're walking by. Repeat. He's, he's seen repeatedly grinning ear to ear, which you know that's a that's a subjective point, but kind of a weird thing to do after you just claim you watched a bunch of horrific things and atrocities, right? Which is what he's talking about. That's the guy we're talking about. 
It says David Ben Zion is a leader of the Shamran uh, Regional Council of 35 Illegal, which they're renowned United Nations World International Law Illegal West Bank Settlements, who called this year for the Palestinian village of, of Huare to be wiped out. Quote, enough talking about building and strengthening the settlements, which is he's talking about their illegal settlements, by the way. The deterrence was that lost uh, was lost must return. Now there's no room for mercy. He says that Ben David was quoted in Israeli media proclaiming soon after the village of Huare, Huara should be wiped out. That's his quote. This place is a nest of terror and the punishment should be for everyone. A clear call for collective punishment because there's plenty of civilians. It's, it's impossible to miss this stuff. You can read the, the rest of the article. So the point is, first of all, that we know this claim has been shown to be false. And we also know this is where it stems back to now is somebody who is very clearly of the mind that these people shouldn't exist. So it's not hard to piece together. Now, let's not forget, Biden came out and said, I never thought I would see and confirmed the narrative of these children being beheaded. And then the White House comes out and says, Biden has neither seen nor confirmed these things. Think about how dumb that is. But yet it, the people saw Biden say it and they went with it anyway. It's reported around the world. And CNN, the same on the 11th, came out and says, for sure, we proved it and we know. And then later came out and said, update, we have no idea. I, I mean, it's, it's comically stupid, but it's, it, it's, it's so unnerving and macabre and disgusting because we're talking about human lives here, downplaying this. And the problem is that people are blindly selling these narratives because they said they were proven and then failing to see that they followed up and said, wait a minute, we've never had evidence for it. This was one of the people that was involved with the story saying, I just want to clarify that I haven't seen this or I never said they were beheaded. Walking it back, here's the first journalist that reported it, saying that so after following up from her other tweet, by the way, saying soldiers told me they believed that they were killed. Very different than the story already circulating, which is why she felt the need to put that out. Then we even have CNN following up the next day on the 12th, saying yesterday the Israeli prime minister said that it had confirmed that this happened, the headed babies. The Israeli government now says that it cannot confirm that they were beheaded. I needed to be more careful with my words, and I am sorry. Think about that. A CNN journalist, of all people, you can even call them that, walking back this claim and apologizing, and we're still debating whether this is something. My point was ever only ever been that it's unconfirmed and we have no evidence, which means as far as a journalist should be concerned that it doesn't exist. Until you can have something to go on, but some kind of floated narrative from somebody who clearly hates Palestinians. God, it's so obvious. And on top of that, what was it? The, uh, oh, that was the, the follow up. Not only did they can't confirm it, but the IDF is now saying publicly that they refused to even investigate it. That was directly from corporate media. Now, let's talk about this discussion again, because there's been some interesting developments here. Now, since we talked about this, and this is the idea that Ben Shapiro came out and said, here, you know, you wanted your picture. Here's the picture. And they showed that dead baby picture that were reportedly is a burned baby, which let's first realize this is him supposedly proving the story about babies heads being cut off. So I don't understand how a one baby with its head on that's burned is somehow the same story. I'm in no way trying to be un, un emo, I'm trying to be unemotional about this and read the facts. If that bothers you, then don't be a journalist. The point is that that doesn't seem to connect with the first claim that's now being shown to be false. So how do we then go, oh, they'll just keep following along with whatever means to, that doesn't make much sense to me. That suggests that we should be very skeptical about whatever's being said by this person. Now, Jason Hinkle 
goes the same route in regard to the AI. Let me, I should have done this while I was playing a video, but hold on one second. Let me close some tabs really quickly so I can get this to the end. Not sure we're going to make it to the end. We'll see. I don't want to go that long. I got a lot to get to. Okay. So here we are. He came out and said, Oh my gosh, holy S. The, uh, my, 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 even though it's been cussing on the show, my, my toned down version. Oh my gosh. The image that Ben Shapiro tried to pass off as a burnt baby corpse was an AI generated fake image. Now, that's something that I looked into as well. I saw that circulated. And I saw somebody arguing that there seemed to be some discrepancies. And I agreed. The way that the fingers looked seemed anomalous at the very least. And so I looked into it. And, and I've double-checked. I've, I've done this. Now, look, I'm there. Th- these things can be, you know, I mean, anything. You question everything, guys. We shouldn't blindly take anything at face value. My point is this. I put this in in multiple different platforms. And this one over and over and over probably 10 times. I did it today to double-check. And every time, it didn't say likely even. It said this is generated by, uh, by AI. So, sure, it could be wrong. But first of all, that's a pretty interesting point. Now, Ben just simply says, you're a liar, and that was a lie. And that's not very convincing, but now we have a, a uh, fact check on Twitter that says this is a real photo. But let's, let's read why they say that. And they link to Netanyahu, or rather Israel's tweet, tweet that, just does, that just posts the image. Now, to you, would it be real because the Israeli government that lar- arguably was already lying about this posted the same image on their official account? Well, if you're a journalist, you should go, well, I'm looking at the same image. So that doesn't prove anything more than the first image we already saw. And there's the other, there's two other images that have been added to it. We have this one, which we're going to look at in a second. And this one we already showed you, which there's more information to go into about where this comes from. My first point, though, is it simply saying that this optic AI or not web-based thing is not always accurate and that Israel has posted the same image does not prove anything. Right? It really doesn't. It just continues to stay up in the air, especially since the main story this connects to has already been proven to be false. Again, my only point is it's unverified. So, going forward, again, this is what they shared, saying Hamas is ISIS, which I find very ridiculous seeing as how we can prove Israel and the United States are involved or completely responsible for creating ISIS. So that's interesting. And Hamas, interestingly enough. So, hey, what do you know? Even if it is the same thing, turns out they're responsible for both. What do you know? But, oh, and this, I, wait, how, how did I get ahead of that? Hold on. Oh, okay. So I, this was should have been right here. So Tim Pool shares this, <clears throat> excuse me, and says, huge thread. Apparently he claims the photo is real. But wait a minute. When you read this, actually, I'm not going to go through the whole thread. When you read this thread, he's, as far as I can read, he's not saying real. He's saying we don't know. He's saying based on this information that we're seeing, and I'll, kind of, I'll sum this up for you, that it's, un, up, it's undefined. That this thing could be wrong. The images could be right. We don't know is his point. That it's easy. To, uh, it ends up in a position where it's very hard to tell what's real and what's not. What he ultimately does when you go through this is first of all shows this image where you can kind of see these things going back and forth. Pretty much only meant to show you that everything is suspect is his point. Then he goes on to show that these images they also shared, some of which were shown to be true. And then again, interestingly enough, when you look at the other one, it says likely human. So it kind of leaves you in the middle. But his point is this one does not look like a humanoid type form. So, and it's also just an image. 
which doesn't mean you should assume it didn't happen, but it should mean as a journalist, you can go, well, we don't really know what's going on. Israel's already been caught lying about this stuff and has an interest in selling you on this narrative as they're completely carpet bombing children everywhere in Gaza. So maybe there's a lie going on here. And if you can't be objective about that, unemotional, again, you shouldn't be a journalist. Now, at this point, oh, where was it? Right here. Why are they blocking these things out? Gosh darn it, man. Same point that this one was looked like it was human. <clears throat> now, the point here was, so this comes from 4chan. <clears throat> now, everyone seems to be sharing this on Twitter right now, saying, we knew it was fake. And as far as I can tell, well, here, here's the interesting, interesting part. He's claiming that this was this was fake and he can prove it. And arguably that the other one is suspect, but arguably more true, I guess. That's ultimately what I take from what he's saying. But here's what I find interesting. Even though we know these kittens aren't always accurate, I'll explain that in a second. This one says generated by AI. The puppy one says likely human. Interesting. So could it be that this was an image they manipulated to make it look like a baby? Sure. Or it could be that the dog was added because of some manipulator online to make to add to it, and maybe both are fake. I don't know. But it's interesting. And the point was that when kind of breaking them down in this way, that he says that the baby photo appears authentic in the context of these certain uh, points they're making about different blemishes and so on, while the dog photo seems manipulated. Either one of them, though, as he makes the point, and you read this, is that we're not sure is the ultimate point. So, I, I guess, and I skimmed past the point. The point he was making that, uh, that this one, for example, is an image that they say famously, when using this platform, was unable to detect it, and they said it was human. Which I thought was interesting. I said, well, let's try that. So I grabbed the image, which is an AI image. It's not real. And I did it 10 times in a row. And every single time it said AI. Okay, so it doesn't add up for me. So everything we're looking at so far seems to be AI that seems to be AI in the context of what we understand so far. And then here's the image of this guy they claim was the where this originally came from. He says, it took me five seconds to make this. Not hard to make a convincing fake photo anymore. Videos are harder to fake, but they will never show a video of the proof. Now, his point is, he can fake this, therefore we shouldn't take what they're doing at face value, that they'll never show video because he arguably thinks none of this is what they're claiming is real in regard to the babies. But here's my point. Just because this tweet says it took him five seconds to make doesn't then prove that this is fake. This could very well be secondary propaganda to hide the fact that people found the real picture on 4chan. That may seem abstract to some people, but we're just trying to be objective. What the, what's the same point? We don't know. But what we do know is the core claim this all stems from has already been shown to be false. Isn't that interesting? So at this point, I think we're being misled. And I don't think it's far-fetched to think that people might carry out atrocities themselves to make them to convince people of what they're doing. Hamas is capable of doing horrible things. And so too is the Israeli government. We're watching it in real time. So at the end of the day, we should be skeptical of everything. But I think we're, I'm, my, personally, want my opinion, I'm very, very skeptical of what's going on here. And I, quite frankly, think that this, especially because of these weird anomalies on the hand, does not look right to me. That looks like, a, like a, an AI mistake. So you guys can decide for yourself. Here is another anomaly. Remember this picture that came out. In the same weird sense where they said, with a heavy heart, I post this image to show you the, the proof you asked for, even though an image does not prove anything. We don't know who 
if that's even real. We don't know who killed the baby. We don't know who's around it. We don't know. That's my point. We have to be objective, even though it's a horrible reality. But here's an interesting point. Now, and this, this is the actual tweet that has been deleted, and I did confirm this. She's just sharing you the, the English version of it. So here's the guy we're talking about. Okay, he has a English version, and he's got a, a an, an Arabic version. Now he is part of the Israeli government, or rather, a Mossad agent. Now this is being reported directly from the Tessim News Agency, and what it says is Mossad agent. The world should be. And this is what the, his his tweet says while captioning dead Palestinian children. The world should be grateful to us for killing the children of Gaza. The Twitter account of a Mossad agent who tweets in Farsi wrote, the world should thank us for destroying these little time bombs, which is literally what we hear from Israeli people all the time. Even the member of parliament in Ireland read directly. Basically a paraphrasing of the same sentence. In fact, it says, same quote, we are preventing similar events from happening to other nations in the coming years. He later deleted this tweet a few minutes later. So the point is, the guy who is telling you, here's the proof of the the dead child, is somebody who is actively tweeted images of dead Palestinians saying, look, we took care of them. So there's a very hard, it makes it hard for me to think this person, one, cares about civilian life, or and two, isn't capable of lying about this. That's concerning to me, especially since we're talking about a Mossad agent anyway. Now here it goes into the Jerusalem Post aspect that we opened in uh, real time on the show yesterday that I followed up on. Anyone who questioned this should be on their knees with tears streaming down their cheeks, begging for forgiveness from parents whose children were burned alive and decapitated. So now we see we're just kind of conflating these stories. Were they burned alive? Were they decapitated? I see. I mean, if they if they were burned alive and decapitated, how do you what do you, how do we make sense of that? It doesn't really make much sense to me. But this is the post we, we showed you before, where they literally came out and said the Jerusalem Post can now confirm based on verified photos. And the same point is, this is just the Jerusalem Post doing the same thing Biden did, the same thing CNN did, the same thing every one of the U.S. outlets did that have already walked it back. They saw photos that were handed to from the Israeli government. They said, proof. So if, if we're walking it back over here, how do you make sense of that? And this person simply says, are these the same photos that Biden saw but didn't? Exactly the point. By the way, on a side note, this is happening to me everywhere. Watch real quick. You can see all the responses under the Jerusalem Post. All the responses, right? You want to look at this? Weird. Where, where, are, the 11, where are the 11 responses? Isn't that interesting? I'm telling you guys, it's not because 11 people all there are, you know, are like blocking or whatever. It's, uh, you can look elsewhere. You can't, I can't see them as the point. There's, we're being very acutely controlled on Twitter right now. and I, it's, it's about specific comments and specific flowing of conversation. I think we should be very worried about that. That's crazy to me. <clears throat> now, Dan Cohen follows up on top of all of that. So we, on this side, we have a Mossad agent pushing this angle. We've got appear to be AI-generated images being presented by the Israeli government case. Dan Cohen points out the person writing the Jerusalem Post article claiming that it's been proven. The editor-in-chief, Avi Mayer, is an Israeli army reservist who previously worked in the propaganda unit. He says this fake story has already been discredited. Stop lying about dead babies. It's disgusting. The point is, he's currently in the reserves. He's part of the IDF. Not to say that proves that he's lying, but it very clearly suggests that he's capable of doing so for the greater good of the Israeli military or agenda. 
Now, here is what they're citing in this link. Or rather, no, here's, I, I should say this the right way. So here's what's really weird to me. And other people pointed this out. So here's the link they share. Check this out. Oh, they, so now it, it finally updates. How weird is that? So we showed you this yesterday. Remember when they saw the link and it went to a random page with no information. Now, and, and literally an hour ago, it didn't say this. Now it finally does. It says more bodies of murdered Israelis discovered in Gaza raid because this is new. Understand this is not even, this is not even this story, which is very strange to me, but you, I couldn't find this anywhere in the live updates. I went to the very bottom. It wasn't there. I find that very strange, but what they're saying is after the raid, apparently there was raids around on today around Gaza, which I haven't been able to confirm. They're simply claiming they found more murdered Israelis, but let's ask ourselves, is that not possible? Those are Israelis that were bombed while God, where they were bombing Gaza. And now they're just telling you they were murdered by whoever they want you to believe. Yes, that's certainly possible. And if you're not able to consider that possibility, you're not objective. My point though, is that we will destroy Hamas. (laughs) only the beginning. So let me ask you this. If you're destroying Hamas, which is the only group the world's pretending is the bad guy, but it's only the beginning, can we assume you mean the rest of the Palestinians, Netanyahu? Or really, that's what you're always talking about? Probably. Bottom line is, here's the story that they're actually talking about. Babies of, photos of babies being burnt, decapitated, confirmed, it says. Well, guess what? Jerusalem Post can now confirm based on verified photos. That's what this is saying. It's weird how you have to search the title to even find it, which isn't even listed in a link they give you. Doesn't seem accidental to me. Verified photos of the bodies being burnt and decapitated in Hamas's assault. The photos were shown to Anthony Blinken during his visit. Later in the day, the photos were published by the office. So all we're talking about is the same thing. We're talking about the same images right here. So we have still shots of things that are up, I mean, one stem from an, a, a story that's already been shown to be false that everyone's walked back and an image that seems to be artificial intelligence created or artificial intelligence created. Another image posted by somebody who is part of Mossad who already called for Palestinian children to be killed. And then a editor posting this stuff that's literally part of the IDF. And then all of it ties right back to the same images, and that's somehow proof. So realize Jerusalem Post posted this, saying we've proven it after the images were already out, acting like this was a secondary thing. All they're saying is the photos prove it, but they don't. That's all it is. Then they point to this link saying, you know, the link that we're suggesting is where the evidence is, except the link goes back to say Hamas did this, Netanyahu says. You got this roundabout hamster wheel of basically no confirmation where everyone points at the other saying we've confirmed it over there. Doesn't that seem suspicious to you? Israeli prime minister shares grisly photos of babies killed and burned. Hamas is inhuman. Hamas is ISIS. Yeah, again, the the group that you created, both of which actually. But it says the Israeli prime minister has shared graphic photos of murdered and burned babies on his official ex Twitter account. It says the Jerusalem Post said that it's been confirmed. So the point is the title says shares these photos like as if it's confirmed, but it's the same circle of information. Here you've got New York Post. Netanyahu shares horrific photos of babies burned alive by Hamas terrorists. Says he showed them to Blinken. Here's what this says. And this is meant to argue why they didn't show them until now. It's so macabre that no one wanted to reveal it until they had 100% confirmation. So let me ask you something. If they've got the images they've shown you, which is the same ones, and they've had this the whole time, they claim, what are they arguing is the confirmation? Did they do DNA tests? And if so, 
are you are we really pretending they would not tell us that or relieve or reveal that in the all the four different articles we just looked at that are being told as confirmation? I mean, it's certainly possible they just didn't show it. But doesn't that begin to say, okay, there's something missing in all of this, right? Anybody honest is going, this does not feel like everything's connecting. So they wanted to wait, even though the data they showed you was the same they had in the beginning. Same confirmation. He said, it's a horror, it's a massacre. For those asking for the source, they are multiple. Army, intelligence, images. Oh, I got you. So nothing really, but images and everyone's saying that's the proof. So that's the same thing, guys. Now, I am not trying to say that it's okay if it happened. I'm not trying to deny that it happened. I want evidence to be able to verify that it did like every other video we're seeing in Gaza. That's not because I want to see terrible things. It's because we should demand evidence as journalists because it matters. But the best source remains this, they say. Courageous journalists from the foreign press who were able to see agreed to with their own eyes. And look at that. Here is the New York Times or the New York Post. I guess not aware that those claims have already been walked back. That's this stuff they're talking about. Or wait, am I past it already? Yeah, that's this stuff right here. That's this stuff. That is this stuff. And specifically this right here. The original report. That's what these people are. We were there. We saw it. Right? That's, and that's this one. That's CNN. That's a couple of others. That's all that relates to. And then even CNN has been forced to go, we made a mistake. We walked it back. But two times, in fact. Here's the other one, right? So what we're staring at here is them saying the best source is those people that on set on new on the news, except they've all said, oh, well, I don't know for sure. So if that's the best source and that's already been walked back, you starting to get the picture? Some reportedly carried ISIS flags with them on their rampage. Oh, did they? Oh, wait. All we know is that apparently some of them left flags behind. Like the passports in 9-11, right? That perfectly makes sense. Perfectly makes sense that Hamas would willingly carry ISIS flags, which would then give people justification to attack them like Assad gassing children. It's just, it's just almost childishly naive to think that's happening. And on top of that, that they're even the same thing. And on top of that, how much you want to bet that people may just see Islamic writing on any flag and go ISIS flag, just like many Americans have done over the years. In any case, All we have is IDF claiming they found them after the fact. Sort of like they say, we got a Nazi flag in Canada and all this. So they're all Nazis. That's how this game is played. It's a game of propaganda. But it says they killed babies in front of their parents and killed them. They killed the parents. They killed the parents and we found the babies and basically with their heads cut off. It's the same story. That's coming from the IDF. The IDF commander. who They're still pushing this story. Now, this is somebody, they're saying, I regret to inform you that libertarians are at it again. Oh, what are they doing? Whitewashing genocide in Gaza? Oh, no, it looks like they're just asking for evidence. How terrible. So the same, tw- same post, Jerusalem Post going, proof. At first with nothing, now with photos that we don't, can't prove or verify from people that have already lied to us. And she goes, well, th- that's what I said too when it first came out. Well, you linked to some random thing that had no evidence. Do you have a link to the report? So think about this. Literally asking for the report that now is out, but the report that wasn't even associated with this. So all you got was a random tweet that said proof. And she's like, wait, wait, where's the report? That's all she said. And this is how they frame it. Saying, oh, and this person follows up saying a link to a series of articles. Scroll down to see it. It says, this is just their tweet in the article form. 
That's what I'm saying. So it's a circle of information pointing at each other going, it proves over there. No, it's proved over there. And it's all pointing at each other like the scarecrow on Wizard of Oz. And all she's saying is, "Where I want to read about the report. And they go, oh, regret, regret to inform you. There are logical people asking for evidence. Oh, no. That's just stupid. Now, here's Dr. Thomas Bender. And we'll get into a couple of these really ridiculous examples. So this has been shared by Benjamin Netanyahu. Hamas is worse than ISIS. They just keep saying that, right? Even though they created both. And all they show you is some random image of a bloodied sheet in a terrible beat-up room with blood on the ground. Why do we think that means anything? We don't know what happened. There's so many anomalies in this conversation, and they're very much capable of doing these things to blame it on somebody else. So is the United States, and I would argue so would be Hamas. The point is that we don't know. And they post this and go, proof. How did, then everyone shares it as because we know. Don't you think that they would give you more than that? If they, Of course, Netanyahu would. They've already done it. And all Thomas Bender says is, there are, there, there are 40 children beheaded by Hamas. If you can't see them in this picture, then you're an anti-Semite. Exactly. Now, here's a crazy one that I'm pretty sure was meant to be a really sick, disgusting joke. But he says, you sick bastard wanted proof, huh? Well, here it is. The New York Times just released these images showing Israeli toddlers having been crucified. Whatever happened to the children of Palestine is now completely justified. Now, I'm pretty sure based on the comments, this is a podcast that, as it even says, I think that he's kind of like shy, outrageous. That it says the most offensive podcast on the planet. So I'm pretty sure this is meant to be, because it's ridiculous, right? First of all, this says, while the image presented is meant to be satire, it's, the New York Times did not release the image. Now, obviously, everyone points out, like, you can clearly see that the, the Photoshop was ridiculous. The paint goes right over the top. My point is, if you actually take time to read and actually go to the bottom when this first was posted, like, not, right now, you're inundated with all the people making fun of the fact that it was fake. But if you go to the original point, there's people that believe this and shared it and said, here's what they're doing. And that's my point, because nobody's checking anything. He said, New York Times did this, and they go, we knew it. Look at what they're doing. It's terrible. And, and they're all deleted now because people do that, delete it, and don't care and don't look back. Sad. And then I just wanted to point this out. Here's DeSantis responding and using the same decapitated babies line because apparently they all have their talking points. It's really low, but he basically says, what do you think about the annihilation and decapitation of the Palestinian people? That's what he says. Palestinians in Gaza right now. They basically bulldoze the whole... I, I, I worked in the Gaza Strip and worked in Palestinian refugee camps, but they are not decapitating babies' heads. They are not intentionally doing that. They're blowing up entire residential buildings. I, I watched... They're saying they're blowing up entire residential buildings. They are. And here is DeSantis, like all the rest of the liars and manipulators, acting like they're not doing the lie that we try to tell you is happening. They're not doing that one thing. That's how atrocity propaganda works. You overlook didn't happen. And they're not covering that well, I, I would be very careful with Al Jazeera. I mean, that- yeah, the one that just proved to you that Reuters was killed, Reuters Journals was killed, that nobody else is talking about. So, you know, a little wash there. Now, again, I should be careful. I think that didn't happen. My point is, it's not verified, but my gut tells me it very clearly did not happen based on all the evidence. But the right thing to say is it's unverified. We don't know. That's funded by a lot of these Middle East governments. Yeah, I'd be very- oh, right, because all the Middle East governments are terrorists, right? Right, Ron DeSantis? Can't trust those Arabs, like the other guy said, right? 
Like, let's not let's let's make sure we notice like the dripping, disgusting, and meant to, and it's not just a right wing thing. The left wing people are doing the same damn thing right now. They're really in an effort to try to make it out to be some of them. They're all saying the left wing party are all anti semites now, and they're all Nazis because they're daring to say in some cases that Palestinian lives matter. The point is when you listen. All they're doing is giving you the rational point that, yes, Palestinian civilians matter, but then towing every other Israeli line everywhere. They have the right to defend themselves, and, oh, it's not okay. So just because they're daring to say Palestinian civilians matter, they're going all the way over to call them Nazis, even as they still tow every Israeli line. That's how crazy this is. So all of them are absolutely the same as they fight. They claim to fight for anti-racism and equity and all the nonsense they spit. Very careful with Al Jazeera. Right. It's making him obviously uncomfortable, by the way. He's saying, I don't think they're faking babies being pulled out of rubble, right? And just the way he's shifting, he's uncomfortable. You know, they fake pictures like that. All Israel, Israel has been killing Palestinians for the, for the whole time Gaza has existed. And they've been contained. Hamas, Hamas, Israel put in, in uh, a warning we're going to go in this area. Civil- God, these people are stupid, man. I can't believe he's just retorting. He's just pulling up all the talking points. Oh, Ron DeSantis, did they do that four days ago? Or did they just say that now saying 24 hours? Or even if they did say it, they're not allowed to leave in the first place and they're bombing them when they try to leave. These people are either that stupid or willfully lying about genocide. Civilians leave. Hamas tells them not to leave. Not true. Not true. Well, in the sense they're saying that we should stay and defend our land, but they're not forcing them. And most of these people or a lot of them don't just blindly listen to what Hamas tells them to do. What Hamas is telling them to do is defend their territory. God forbid. Is that something that's anti-American? Hardly. Hamas wants them to be human shields. Not true. I mean, look, you can prove that's not true, but we're not going to get into all the... The bottom line is what he's saying is what Israel wants you to believe so they can continue indiscriminately bombing civilians in Gaza. That's their tactic, technique, and procedure. That's the documented policy of Israel's government on the record. But we don't talk about that. Who, how many other armed forces give, give warnings to get out before they go? I think Israel's probably the... I mean, it's just pathetic, man. So now, now you're praising them. That's what he's... I think they're probably the only one that... Bombs for five days and then tells them to get out of the way. Disgusting sycophant. Now, Indian Times News reports the Israeli, the Israeli government states, it's funny, quote, there is preliminary approval to ban the activity of Al Jazeera in Israel. Well, what do you know? Doesn't that interestingly work out? Now, whether or not you think you can trust, or you shouldn't trust any of them, by the way, or whether you think Al Jazeera has influences one direction or the other, the bottom line is in this circumstance, at the very least, they're giving you information that nobody else is in regard to what's happening to these journalists. And suddenly they go, get them out of here. Not surprising. Now, I'm, I was going to go over this video. I'll maybe do it tomorrow or the next day. But I, think, I thought it was a very important exchange between these two. I recommend you take the time to watch it. It's this this guy loses his mind. He freaks out and screams and cusses and which always shows you a weak like if you're in a debate, not a monologue, right? A monologue, I get frustrated like this all the time when I'm on a show, I get worked up, right? But if you're in a debate and a dialogue and you start screaming, it's a weakness, guys. It shows weakness. It either shows that you don't know and you're afraid to admit that or you are so worked up with your your moral superiority but yet somehow can't find the argument to beat their logic and that drives you crazy so you scream. I mean, I'm sure there's other reasons that would happen. My point is that that's what I think is happening. 
And it's happening a lot today. Where like remember with the COVID vaccine, when you're going, hey guys, you're being hurt. People get red screen face. No, yeah, no, you're talking about. Well, is that a valid logical argument when you're showing them a peer-reviewed study? No, it's it's anger and emotion because somewhere in them they know there's something wrong. That's what I think is happening here. All she's doing in this entire conversation is saying Palestinian lives matter. And very interestingly, making a very important point about how resistance should not be denied. Not civilians. That's all he tries to do is conflate the two things. Nobody in this conversation is saying civilians should be targeted. What she's saying is con- condemn civilians being targeted, but also acknowledge that the, they have a right to armed rebellion via the Geneva Conventions. One of the only few people I've seen in that level of corporate media even daring to make the argument. I wonder if she's going to be there tomorrow. I, I will get into this. I promise. I found this to be a very insightful conversation. But let's wrap in general. I know I'm, I'm already almost to three hours. I wanted to make it under two. I did my best. The cradle's making, making a point that we need to understand. Around the world, this is specifically West Asia, but around the world, people are standing up in solidarity with Palestine. Now, that does not mean every one of these people standing up for Palestine are ignoring Israeli civilians. It simply means that they understand the core issue at play here, which is that the Palestinian people have been occupied and denied their self-determination for 75 years. That does not justify actions against civilians. But we need to understand that those are two separate conversations when it comes to civilians in Palestine. When it comes to what Hamas did, there can, there, we need to converse. Well, that needs to be part of the same conversation. But when we're talking about innocent Palestinians, there's a different thing between their right to self-determination and their right to revolt versus what Hamas did. But, no, but of course, the problem is when you open that conversation, it exposes what Israel's doing, and that can't be allowed by the sycophants for Israel. But here's Syria standing up in support of Palestine. Here is Yemen, huge support, standing up in support of Palestine. Here's Jordan standing up in support of Palestine. Here's Iraq standing up in support of Palestine. Look at that. Look at that. That's incredible. Iran. Of course, their argument is every single one of these people, look, and they've got a fake Netanyahu in chains. Every one of these people they're going to say are terrorists from Israel's perspective, right? And that's what they even say about Iran, about Iraq, even though Iraq's occupied by the United States. So it's kind of like the same occupation argument. Like as Iraq is occupied by the U.S., they're supposed to make sure that they have, the point is they hurt them all the time. They don't listen to what they say. We respect your sovereignty, but we're going to do what we want. It's the same thing. They're all occupying powers. Here is Turkey, a NATO ally, standing with Israel, or excuse me, with Gaza. Now, Turkey, by the way, I should point out, that doesn't mean that all of the country does. I'm sure there's groups that don't. But you're seeing huge support in these countries. Lebanon, huge support. Qatar, huge protest and support. It's all around the world. Now, the cradle is also pointing out Meta's Facebook is now taking steps to censor any support for Palestine. You see how dumb this gets? Sort of like when they started censoring anything Russian. Like, just, this just get, these are who they really are. Don't, these, are. these things have happened in such quick succession that we're starting to see how continually this happens. Where they don't really care about all the fancy things they throw around and say, you know, human rights and all these things they care about. They don't care about any of it. The moment they're put to the test, they they collapse because they're cowards and liars. It's hard to stand your principles in the middle of the situation. They don't really care about them. You're not allowing free speech. You're, you're censoring individual people who care about resistance, and in many cases, some of which don't even care about Hamas. But the point is you're conflating Palestine with Hamas so you can justify genocide. 
<clears throat> here is the Guardian pointing out in Sydney, in Australia. They're now going to, this is even crazier. They're, you, police are planning to use extraordinary powers, which I guarantee you will go on forever and go well beyond just Palestine. Don't forget about that. Mission creep. Everything they're doing, emergency powers and lockdowns, it's all weirdly reminiscent, isn't it, for different reasons. Police plan to use extraordinary powers. Why? To search for pro-Palestinian protesters. My God, so they don't have privacy anymore? You understand, they're not saying they're going to search pro-Palestinian protesters. They're going to use extraordinary powers on everybody to search to find out which ones are pro-Palestinian. As usual, Australia is showing it to be this hellscape of authoritarianism more than anybody lately. But my God, because they support Palestine? That's what's happening because of Israel's actions. Here is a LinkedIn federal, uh, on LinkedIn, a federal judge is saying he won't hire any student who has ever signed a statement in support of Palestine. Not Hamas, but Palestine. Even though international law sides with Palestine. But this judge can't wrap his mind around that because he shouldn't be in that position. My God. Now, this is in the in this is this is this is one of the craziest examples I've ever seen. It's I've seen many of them the last couple of days, like in this conversation, I mean. She says, This is UCLA, where students are screaming, Intifada, Intifada, which clearly she goes on and proves she has no idea what that means, and says, A call to murder Israelis and Jews. That's not even remotely what that means. By the way, not even jihad means what they're claiming that it means, guys. To fight for freedom is not the same thing. Now, yes, in the minds of many of them, especially an occupied power that's being occupied by an, a, a violent, forceful, genocidal entity, to them, that means violent resistance. And guess what? That's protected under the Geneva Conventions for occupied territories. I'm, apparently, these experts don't. I mean, look at this as the uh, former head of the UN mission. My God. So somebody who either knows and doesn't care or is woefully uninformed for the job they had that that's protected under Geneva conventions for an occupied territory, which the UN has always maintained Palestine is the point is that's in regard to when they say jihad in regard to fighting for free, they frame that as, you know, wearing a, a, a bomb on your vest and exploding civilians. That's not what we're talking about. That, that context comes into play when you realize that Al Qaeda and ISIS and all the groups that are being created by the U S and Israel are acting in that way and claiming that word when they kill civilians. And it turns out it was all tied back to your government to control your life. Now I'm not going to say that that won't happen in other contexts. My point is just to assume it means that is falling prey to the propaganda. Now intifada, does not mean kill murder, kill Jews in Israel. She goes, imagine just for a moment what it must be like for a Jewish student on this campus. Well, here, just let's just listen first to all what they're actually saying. Oops, that's not the one. It's right uh, here. Do this for Palestine! <laughs> all I see is Palestinian flags. All I see is Palestinian flags. Okay, so it's clear they said Intifada, and I, I only Palestinian flags, not, not Hamas. Now, I didn't claim jihad translates to fight for freedom. I'm just simply saying the point is that here, let's just do this. In a sentiment, that's what we're talking about. Okay, a struggle or effort. Okay, 
So before we all freak out and make it out to be a terrorism thing, yes, thank you. Someone in the chat understands. So we're talking about when you're when it says it's also spelled jihad in Islam. It means a a look at this a this this word literally means deserving reward or praise. Okay, emeritus struggle or effort. The exact meaning in term depends on the context. It has often been erroneously translated as holy war. It's not true, guys. I'm glad I'm actually glad somebody made that point because many people would have taken that out of context. The point is what it is being for, but in many people's minds, it is simply the idea of the fight for your freedom. That's what I meant by the idea of a struggle against a meritus being something that is worth fighting for. So, yes, if you want to frame that as the U.S. backed extremists that we call ISIS as as using that as a guise to fight for, you know, what they claim as their fight for freedom, but realizing it's being used by the CIA to make you think that's what's going on. Sure. Fall to that trap. The point is that people that are claiming this from, the, let's just take the Palestinians. If anyone's even saying that, by the way, I'm not seeing Palestinians call for jihad. I think very clearly because they're not stupid enough. They th- they know how the West un- perceives that word. That's what I think. My point, though, is that even that word is being misinterpreted. Glad we made that clear. So this, where were we? What this, what intifada, as Robert's written about many times means uprising against oppression. Okay, that's what we're talking about. Is a rebellion or uprising or a resistance movement. Okay, so literally, you could call the founding fathers an intifada, right? You're just simply using an Arabic term. That's probably going to bother people, even though it's literally the same. We're talking about a rebellion. So the rebellion against the British was an intifada in an Arabic term. Okay, so the interesting thing is how willfully ignorant people are being. They are, these people, many of which I could, I don't know, but I would assume some of them probably support Hamas, overall are supporting Palestine. And they're saying intifada because what we're saying is your fight for independence. The rebellion against the occupying force, which let's not forget is protected under international law. Whether or not you're attacked first, but that's how they frame this as an attack against Jews. Of course, because it's a simple, clumsy way to make people scared to talk about it. It's very frustrating. Now, here is another example in the other side of this. Now, this is this here's but I I personally think now I I wasn't able to find the full video and I'm going to try to find it. There are Palestinian protests all over the world right now. Now, it says Philly, but if you could find this, please help me find it. My opinion on this is that there are people there in support of Palestine. This guy gets up and speaks, Michael C. Wilson. That's the only part you see, and the other person doesn't mention Hamas. There's two people in this video. And he does. He goes, I support Hamas, and I support this. Now, you, there's two ways to look at this. You could either argue that he just doesn't care that Israelis are being hurt because he feels that they've been suffering for 75 years, and so he chooses not to care. But that's the same kind of disregard for human life we see in reverse, and nobody should be okay with that. My point, though, is that he is standing up and, yes, saying, I support Hamas. So that is an example of that. And if you want to say you're a terrible person because of what Hamas did in Israel, you have every right. And you have standing for it because, yes, it looks like they committed war crimes. But it's not the same thing as this protest for Palestine. But they're trying to conflate all of them. And now what this is simply saying is trying to act like this is, see, we told you, all of Palestinian protests are this. And that's what they're trying to do. But let's play this and I'll stop it and make some comments. And this is pretty much going to be the wrap here after this. A couple more points. I think that we should all give an applaud right now 
to Hamas for a job well done. When they woke up in the morning and they found and they found the field hands in the house. Now, that's an argument we're seeing a lot right now, kind of like that these are the slaves that are uprising, you know, and you're seeing a lot of kind of how that resonates with a lot of people in certain communities that might feel that that's a lot of history, especially in the United States. So it's an interesting point because essentially you're talking about occupied people. It's a very interesting overlap, right? But see, now he goes on to make it very clear that he's talking about civilians, right? I mean, people can support Hamas because ultimately what they did beginning was legally supported under the Geneva Conventions. As much as that makes people angry, an occupied territory, I've said a thousand times, has the right to armed rebellion legally under international law. So you can say what they did, what the action was good in the sense of fighting for freedom. But then when people went on either by their direction or independently to hurt civilians, nobody should condone that. But I know people don't like that. And this is why people have a hard time stepping into these conversations in the middle of the fervor. But I do it for you guys because because we're right, guys. International law makes that clear. That's the fact. People just don't like that because they're making emotional points and that makes them feel like we're supporting terrorism or they're lying about the fact that we are. But we're not. Simple as that. Keeping it unemotional. But my point is when he brings in the civilian side of it, we shouldn't support that. I'll I'll play it right here. And they found, and they found the field hands in the house with a knife ready to cut their fucking throats. I was late to the news. Okay. Obviously, he's pretty, you know, vulgar, vulgar and angry. When I heard it, I smiled. I don't want to hear that bullshit. Two hundred and fifty. Two hundred and fifty innocent Israelis are dead. Fuck them. Right. That's ridiculous. It doesn't matter whether you feel that because of 75 years of oppression that you think that these civilians should have some kind of the same problem, which is a very common thing you find in, in things like apartheid South Africa or any situations where, yeah, there's always violence when the oppressed rise up against the oppressor. But we should never be like, yes, hurt civilians, ever. We need to get past this kind of stuff. But my bottom line <clears throat> is that <clears throat> I would under I would probably argue he says that because he feels one that they should suffer like the other side did, but two that he feels and I think he says it next that they, they're not all innocent. Now you could argue that some of them might be settlers, some of them might be IDF. <coughs> excuse me, oh, excuse me, I just almost hiccuped. But my point is that he simply he says innocent civilians when he says that civilians are innocent. IDF, not the same thing. Settlers, not the same thing. But again, as I said, settlers are kind of a gray area. We should have a conversation about it. But my point is, nobody should be okay with that. Even if you support Palestine, even if you support Hamas, innocent civilians are innocent civilians. It's the same thing as we're pointing out on the other side, as they all completely ignore how many Gazan civilians are being killed, including American civilians. Again, I swear, I salute Hamas. A job well done. Now, here's what I think is the problem with this video. They clearly juxtaposed these next to each other to make it seem like what she was doing was supporting Hamas. Now, ultimately, she is to a degree. What she's saying is that what happened was a fight for freedom, and that includes Hamas. But she's not calling out the innocent civilians. She's simply saying, and she's correct, by the way, that the act of Hamas in the original act 
was legally protected as a as as a, a, a rebellion, an armed rebellion per the Geneva Conventions. Again, it, it, that's going to frustrate people. They're probably going to even try to frame that as me supporting what they did later. I don't know how many times I could say it, but if you can't wrap your mind around the actual legal standing, then you're being dishonest about this. My point is that's what she says. Never mentions Hamas, but this video tries to make it seem like they're all supporting Hamas. My guess is he's probably the only guy that came out and said that, and he really didn't get that much of, of, of a response when he went into going, yeah, it's really civilians. Everyone's kind of like, what? Like, there's not much response right there. So that tells me that the crowd was not there to support violence. They're there to support Palestine. But I don't have the full video, so you guys let me know if you find it. That's just my, my opinion, as I thought that was clear. And I want to make one point. Every person that died yesterday was not innocent. It's our job. It's our job here in the West to wake people up. Okay, now what she's saying there, and this is what I think is why they included it. She didn't say that civilians died was okay. Now, you can, you can argue she meant that. I don't know. But the point is she said not everybody that died was innocent. Now, look, there's, there's IDF members that got killed. That would be a legal military target. But she's also likely talking about people like the illegal settlers that are, I mean, guys, there's an, an, an endless procession of the most gruesome things we've been seeing for years upon years upon years. At, and then as the Israeli military and government completely turns a blind eye. We were literally just talking about how the person, they shot a guy in the back of the head as he walked away unarmed and nothing ultimately happened. I mean, this kind of stuff happens regularly. That was the IDF. But we know the settlers have been ongoing atrocities towards the Palestinians. So I think what she's saying is, one, that not everybody there was non, a non-military target, but two, that some of them there were, in fact, people that were committing genocide. But it's up for you to decide. The bottom line is this cannot be conflated with every Palestinian protest because it's just not true. It's a very dishonest and disingenuous effort to basically whitewash genocide in Gaza. It's our job to show people who the real terrorists. It's our job to show and fight. Right. Let's quickly let's quickly cut that off because we don't want to hear the the real message. Just you know, it's 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 very disingenuously edited. I would argue. Now, last couple points here. I thought it was important to show you this article from 2014 from the independent Holocaust survivors and their descendants accuse Israel of genocide. Well, that's interesting, especially for what's going on today. More than 300 Holocaust survivors and their descendants have condemned what they described as Israel's genocide of the Palestinian people. How do you make sense of that? The only thing you need to understand is it's not as simple as everybody pro-Israel wants you to think it is. It's also not as simple as everybody pro-Hamas wants you to think it is. Some of them have it right. The bottom line, I mean, on any side, some of them see the picture. That's why you have plenty of people that are calling for that civilians' lives matter in any sense on all sides. My point is there's a lot of people on any side in any kind of situation like this that are desperately out to get you to see their narrative so they get what they want. And sometimes what they want is the right thing. Sometimes it's not, but almost always there's things that we, as the saying continues to go, the first casualty in any war is the truth. It's one of the only things in this that truly stands true as, I mean, always, always, always happens in war. So my point is, if you can see that there's like Orthodox Jews that are telling you Zionism is not what you think it is, if you have Holocaust survivors, over 300 of them, telling you what they think they're doing to Palestinians is genocide, we need to stand back and realize that something else is going on here. And just to finish, here's another Haaretz article that adds more to the, the conversation. Netanyahu says 9-11 terror attacks were good for Israel. 
literally says Netanyahu said Israel was benefiting from the attack. Why? Because it swung American opinion in their favor. Well, that's pretty interesting. How about we ask whether that might be happening again? Here's a really crazy alarming thing. This is Keith Wood simply saying, in his opinion, the United States has a Zionist occupied government, which is not hard to wrap your mind around when the literal president is a proud Zionist, as you can see Zionists spitting at the feet of Christians in Israel. Can you imagine elected representatives wearing the uniforms of any other country and it being tolerated? Guys, this is Representative Brian Mast in the United States wearing an IDF uniform. <laughs> Do I even need to explain anymore? That is crazy. I, his, I, I would like to see an example of that anywhere else in the world where any other government allows a re elected representative, one, to have an, a, 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 a citizenship at an, in another country, which I'm sure exists, but it's very rare, I think, especially in this context for anybody else outside of Israel and the United States, but also that they would allow them to wear the military uniform of another government. That is wild. But there is a problem here. His point is, well, they have their flag, which is the Palestinian flag, not Hamas. So he has his uniform. So what that really shows you is he's literally part of the IDF. That's not a mistake. It's not a joke. So now we have American-Israeli dual citizens who are also part of their military, that doesn't make any sense. And guys, the point is not about only Israel. If that was France, that would freak me out. It was the UK, and you had people in our government that were part of the British military, that would be crazy. But of course, they only want to make this about a racist thing, because that's the best they can do. Now, to finish in general, I keep saying that, but this really is the last little segment, we have a video from Axios. George Bush Speaking on the Israel-Hamas war, of course, because it's not Israel-Palestine, Israel-Hamas. Even though they're literally bombing Gaza, carpet bombing Gaza, he says negotiating with killers is not an option for the elected government of Israel. My view is there's one side is guilty and it's not Israel. Hmm. It's not like George Bush's opinion really holds any water for anybody, but guess what the point is? When, when, when you realize that all the largest war criminals of the world unequivocally back Israel, which they do, despite their political differences, which is pretty telling, while roundly ignoring apartheid, which is universally acknowledged, blatant collective punishment, which has been going on for 75 years, and it's blatant today, massive civilian casualties of just the last few days, over 200 kids, due to indiscriminate bombing, that should really tell you something about who Israel's government is and who these people are and who your government is. Really think about that for a second. It's not a joke. That's terrifying. Finally, even Jim Jordan, who apparently, I think something just happened as we were live. You guys can tell me. It says Jim Jordan to, is going to make Israel, make sure Israel has all that it needs in its war with Palestine as one of his first formal acts of the House Speaker. My point, guys, it doesn't matter who you think is better or which the government supports Israel at all costs, no matter what. Doesn't that show you something? an illegal state occupying Palestine per the UN doesn't matter. Continuing to bomb children, carpet bomb the area, bomb them as they leave, doesn't matter. Give them whatever they need. Even as the UN gets bombed and UN personnel die, UN schools are bombed. Give them what they need. No matter what. Do what you have to. Lindsey Graham says level it all, but we're only targeting Hamas though. Guys, it's blatant what's going on and it really does make my skin crawl. Now there's a reason... As always, that it goes to plus three hours here. I just my point was to try to s synthesize it down because I want people to see what's going on. But please 
Take the time. Make clips of this. Take out the pieces you like. Share it everywhere. At this point, I don't even care what you just make sure. Include the source links. That's what I would prefer or the, the original link to the article. But the point is make sure you get the information out there to people because there's parts in this show in any of these last five or six shows that are wildly relevant that people need to see that very few people are covering. And I think it's important that we get this out there. So thank you for tuning in and continuing to support this platform. As always, there's a lot of ways we, that you can support us and we need your support because this kind of stuff is going to continue to happen. And I'm, I promise you that there, we're going to see we're going to see more censorship. We're going to see more attacks. We're going to see more broad efforts to remove us from even being able to engage on the internet, whether that's digital IDs, social credit. All these things are not a joke, and they're really beginning to be implemented. So we need to find ways to circumvent that. We can't do that without your support. So we have our donation portal right on the website. Support us on autonomy with our objective research program or just directly through the program in general on our Substack, a lot of different ways. Really just supporting this and sharing the information is all I care about. But $1 a month on a recurring thing on our website goes a lot longer than you think. And we're going to keep doing this no matter what, quite frankly. But I would like to get this to a point to where we could grow and grow and influence as much as possible, not with our propaganda or our narratives, but with our objective reasoning and question everything mentality. We need more of that. So thank you for being here. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.